When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, baby. Welcome in, everybody. I have a double countdown out of the shoot for Derek Gunn. Not one. So you know, two. You know how much he enjoys these. All right. Six hours, four minutes until game three of the NLCS. Phillies and the Diamondbacks. Expected, temperatures expected to be 100 degrees in Man, the uh, – Yes, it's right, right up your alley, Gunner, in, in the Phoenix area. The roof will be closed, but it will be super hot outside. Uh, if you are watching us from Phoenix, yes. And then I have 70, 72 hours and uh, 12 minutes until the Eagles and the Dolphins on Sunday night. Good morning, D-Gun. How are we doing? I was doing great until you told me it's 100 degrees in Phoenix. Now I'm depressed. Beautiful where we're at. Did you go outside today? It's gorgeous. Not good enough, man. You know me. You know me. High 60s. I'll take it, man. Late October. Come on. Uh, look, I'll take it over what's coming in December, January, Correct. January. Yes, yep. But in terms of my perfect world, that, that three-digit figure in the dry desert heat. Yeah. Oh well, man. I'm you ain't all getting up, it. You ain't look, getting it, my man. Yeah. I'm all up in there. I'm all up in there working on my tan, doing <laughs> some fishing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Wow. Oh, yeah. It's good to be with everybody. What is up, M. Reyes? What's up, Marquise? What's up? It's Joe Ho, Marcus Craig, JM Eagles fan, Tyler, Sports Son. Hope everybody's doing well. If I missed anybody, James, what's up, man? Uh, Daz, what's going on, brother? Hope everybody's doing well out there. If I missed you, I apologize, but uh, it's going fast and furious. Like I Sports on 88. What up? What up out there? What's up, what guys up? and gals? Uh, Fitness Rebel hasn't checked in yet, so you're going to get it when she checks in. 
Hey man, oh, what's man. up, up, Mr. Hey, Armstrong? Hey, hey, we the OGs. Is that it? We the That's OGs. It. We are the OG. I take that. To, oh. Look, I, I take that as a compliment. Hey. <laughs> what's this? Bro, up, I got you crazy, D Gun? No, crazy what? Because I love dry desert heat. Wrong again, D Gun. Oh, no, crazy nothing. I'm as sane as the neck. Well, I'm not that uh, sane. Don't don't get now. You're getting crazy saying that. Yeah, Let's I, not, I don't tell that lie. No, I you went you went slightly over the uh yeah. It was um, the lack of heat, the lack of oxygen. All right, I want I want to quickly do a temperature take on two things with you. I, I want to start. Give me your temperature for game three tonight, and well, today tonight, whatever you want to call. It. What's up, Tina? Uh, what's up, Rye? Um, five oh seven Eastern. So whatever you want to call that this afternoon or this evening. What 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 are you thinking here in this one? Um, Arizona's at home. They were shocked. They were outscored fifteen to three. They had had the perfect postseason until they ran into that juggernaut that is the Phillies. First of all, did you see they're selling tickets for the game for less than $10? How about you can get a seat right above the dugout? Like that is prime real estate, right? Yes. Yes. Or like a buck 45. That is crazy cheap for an NLCS. Are you serious? Yeah. Right right there behind the first base and third base dugouts for 145. Man, you don't have people walking up. You have people probably on vacation out there. There's a baseball game. We can get in there. There's four of us. We can get in there. There's air bucks. conditioning in there. We could go in there and cool off. Yeah. yeah. You know, we can go spend a little money in, in seats. Four of us can get seats for like make good seats for 60, 70 bucks. Let's go. We don't have to root for either team. Let's just go. So weird, man, to me. I like, I can't even fathom it. I, I really, it's crazy. It is crazy. But, but, but to get back on track, um, I think. Arizona is going to throw the kitchen sink at them tonight. You look at how a desperate Houston team responded last night to Texas, but here's the big difference. Arizona barely got in the playoffs. They're not supposed to be here, but they're all the way in the NLCS. Hmm. Houston is defending World Series champion. There's a a talent discrepancy here, you know. No, you're right. You're but Um, but I I think it's a good analogy though, because Houston knew you lose that game. Goodbye. The broom's coming out. And Arizona, I think, yeah. has that same sense. Like this is this is season time for them. They know yeah. it. I think I think that man Ranger Suarez steps to the hill tonight. You know, f- uh, f- no expression on his face. Yep. You know, he, the consummate post and play, poker play, cool hand Luke <laughs> goes out there, does his thing. Arizona will keep it close and regain some respectability. But they'll look up. They'll say. Man, we're home. We gave it everything we had. It's our sanctuary. And now we're down 0-3. Yeah, demoralizing it is, man. And, yes. like it, and I, I think you have – the Phillies have the perfect guy on the mound because nothing gets to him. He's not thinking about any of this stuff. Like, I, the thing I love about Ranger is he just doesn't overthink it. And even if he does, it doesn't get to him. He's just got that – some people – you know what it is? Some people, Derek, they just – whatever the moment is, it's like, all right, it'll be all right. You know, yeah. I, I wish yeah. I was like that. I'm not like that, but I wish yeah, I was. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to see it. I want to see an entertaining game. I, sure I mean, that, that first game was good. I mean, you know, our Arizona rallied late to make it a game. Uh, game two, Phillies just asserted themselves across the board, every facet you can think of, and then some. And that's why it was 10 nothing. I think that is going, to, I think that is really going to resonate in Arizona's mind when they take that field later today. And by the way, I love the fact the game is at 507. We don't have to wait till eight o'clock. Amen. Get the Phillies game out of the way, and I can focus on some Thursday night football. I think it's going to be an interesting game coming up tonight yeah. between Jacksonville and, and, and the Saints. 
my Saints, who I still picked to win the division. Your Saints. <laughs> you did. You did. I had the Falcons. That's not looking good, but we'll we'll yeah. we'll keep it moving right there. But yeah. I'm gonna by default. I know. But the, you know what? The timing though couldn't be better. I mean, five o'clock Phillies game will end right around eight. Boom. Kick that bad boy yes. off and let's yes. go. I mean, it's perfect. It is. You're right. All right. So second uh thermometer t- temperature taking here. Eagles. Yeah. Are you feeling a bounce back? I'm not even looking for a prediction on the game, Derek, but do you sense that? Coming off the kind of effort that they had against the Jets, do you feel like it's a bounce back or they're in some trouble here with this team that's rolling in? Um, I think it's a combination of the two. Uh, It is a bounce back for them, and um, they could be in some trouble just based on their health right now. If Lane Johnson is out, that's bad mojo, especially if, if they make the mistake again of not giving Jack Driscoll help on that right side. I hate to say this. They get everything they deserve. Because there's no way you can look at the game film from last Sunday leading up to this game and not realize we've got to chip whoever's on that side with Jack Driscoll. We've got to possibly keep a tight end in. Running back has to slide over to that side. Something to slow somebody coming down on that side. You cannot leave Jack Driscoll one-on-one, especially against the defense that's, that's tied for second in the league in sacks. Now, with all that said, we're talking about um, – we're, we're talking about – an offense that's that's like record setting right now. Yeah. And, you know, again, Buffalo held them to 20 points. They can be stonewall. What what will Matt Patricia and Sean decide look from that look at from that Buffalo game to try to implement in their own scheme? Um, Darius Slay coming back from a, from some knee uh discomfort. We don't know who, who else is playing. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get into that. The, the, I don't know what to make of the injury report yeah. from from Wednesday. It's it's all over the place. I mean, you know. just real quick: no blanket chip, no Lane, yeah. no Bradley Roby, no Devontae with a hamstring. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot up in the air for this game. Uh, you, you know, Devontae, I I didn't even realize he he did anything in the Jets game in terms of getting hurt. Um, okay. So yeah, not it's still not great. It feels like we've been dealing with this every week. Um, good news is Sidney Brown was a full participant. For yes. whatever that's worth. Let me tell you what, um, they're going to need his speed on the field. If he's healthy to go, yeah. they're going to need his, especially if Roby's out, they're going to need his speed. Now, according to Eagles fan here, it says Lane Johnson told Baldinger he's playing D guy. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, say so, what, what it was actually, so Baldy, Baldy worked out with Lane at the barn, you know, the, the yep. infamous barn. He's done, he's done, he's yep. been on with us from the barn. That's a, the barn that he has. It's his, his, his gym, basically, his workout place at his house. And Baldy came away from that workout saying he'll be fine. Like he'll be able to play in this game. This, that, that's what it was. So Baldy did say that. Um, but okay. Yeah. I don't know that it was a direct quote from Lane. It was just Baldy's sense of the way Lane was moving and, you know, doing some things. So, but uh, who knows? I mean, that's good news. Baldy knows what he's looking at, especially with offensive linemen. So, um, and, and, and we also know, Rob, there are a lot of times when athletes that tell the general media, I'm playing this week, and all of a sudden Friday comes down, injury report comes out Friday, out. Yeah. You know. Because, you know, you have to take into consideration Lane's history with ankle injuries, number one, ankle surgeries. And sometimes a training staff, a medical staff, a coach has to protect a player from himself. Yeah. Because there's a bigger picture here because of the murderer's row of games they're about to play. Mm -hmm. So whether he fights tooth and nail, says, I I can play this game. And hey, let's face it. There's nobody on this team that's tougher than Lane Johnson. Yeah. Mentally, yeah, uh, but no, still, I agree. 
Yeah. Still, you got to you got to you got to sometimes protect the player from himself. What you don't like last year, he he showed. I mean, so much heart and pain tolerance to get through the playoffs and then the Super Bowl and all that. It was it was unbelievable. But you don't want him to have to deal with this ankle thing the whole season. Like you would, I'd rather bite the bullet. And, and look, if it results in a loss, so be it. I would rather give this guy the time to make sure he gets it right, you know, and, and feels okay. Honestly, um, I, I we'll see. I mean, I look. If there is anybody who's going to be able to get out there when they're borderline, it, we know it's Lane Johnson. So I, I never doubt the guy's toughness. Um, that's now, for sure. He, he, now, Lane just told me I'm in. I said, hey, man, are you in or out? He said, I'm in. And I said, now, is that you hoping or will a medical staff try to protect you from yourself? So Waiting to hear back. I'm paying attention to you. So I'm, I'm debating with Lane right now as well. Can I, can I just tell you something, too, by the way? You don't get that anywhere else. You don't get it anywhere. I'm, I'm, no, I'm serious, man. Like props to Derek Gunn. I mean, there's no speculation. There's no third party, second part. This is directly communicating with Lane Johnson. And that's the respect that Lane has that he gets right back to him. So props to you, number one. And you don't get it on any other show but Sports Take. So I appreciate you, bro. From the horse's mouth, man, from Lane so, saying so, that. So I am paying attention to you. You know that. <laughs> I okay. Dude, I don't ever think. And same here. If I'm, if you ever see me, it's, yeah. Rob's looking at his phone. I'm, t- I'm either texting a guest yes. or I'm trying to get something, you know, yeah. some information. Like you're, I'm never just like, yeah, I'm gonna let me go just, just start screwing around on my phone. Never. Dude, never. I, I can't even begin to tell you how many times during shows I'm getting texts from like people in, in, in organizations, but you know, guests going back and forth. Yeah. Prime, prime example. Prime example. Keith Pompey yesterday. I said I'm just gonna try on a whim to get him. Yeah. And so while we're talking, um, while we're talking, Keith goes, Deacon, I can do this. Can you get me in here? I said, you know, uh, yeah, let me swing it. And then I hit you and tone up, hey, squeeze them in, yada, 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 so on and so forth. So I'm always looking down at my phone because my phone's always buzzing and somebody, or either somebody, it's even, you know, a couple of times like Brandon Graham's been watching the show. Deacon, I hear what you're saying. I'm like, look, man, leave me alone right now, okay? Yes, yes. Can you, can you stop, please? You just leave me alone right now. It's, it's crazy, man. Now, you know, know, back in the day when I was covering the team, and I was covering the team, dude. I was like 15, 20 players. I'm nonstop texting with daily. You know, oh, I know. I it's, listen, man. I, I sat next to you for 15 years. I know. Yeah, you did. Uh, it's 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 wild. So now that I haven't been c- closely associated with the team, my player pool has shrunken uh a little bit. What she said. <laughs> I'm looking you know, for Travis uh, and Taylor updates on my phone. <laughs> dang, I'm glad she's attacking you and not me today. Joe says any injury, uh, any injury updates, Rob? Yeah, my shoulder's a little bit sore, Joe. I'm trying to, I'm trying to work through that thing. I'll be all right. Hey, JM, oh my God. you know what, JM? You say that in jest. I, I like his comment. D guns Rolodex looks like my sports car collection. If you saw my phone, the, con- I have the number over, of contacts, yeah, dude, I have over 1,500 contacts Damn. on my phone. 1,500. That's impressive, know? man. And you know, and a lot of them, like former players, I don't hear from them for three, four, five, six months. All of a sudden. What's up, Deacon? Huh? Those guys all trust you, man. I will tell you that. They do. And that's, Dude, it's that's crazy. a big-time compliment. It's crazy, man. For real. Um, so I'm texting back and forth with Lane, but I'm I know, listening. I know. All right, let me let me show you something that's really cool. All right? I saw this uh, this morning on TikTok. And so this is, Derek, this is DeAndre Swift and Terrell Edmonds went to the Phillies yeah. game. Okay? Yeah. Check out their – so DeAndre's on the left. Edmonds is on the right with the Phillies hat, you know, the white Phillies lid. DeAndre's yep. got the, the, the hat on backwards. Check it out. This is the reaction while watching the Phillies game. Here you go. Hey, what game have you been so 
Yeah, not right now. This ball season be so long, so long. How many games they got? Different city band every other day. He look like he about to do damage, bro. I told you. 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 I told <laughs> that song probably gonna be in my head all night. Hey, <laughs> you know, like in baseball, they switch pitches every game. Yeah, because they can't pitch too many times on a row, right? Just show me a little ins and outs with baseball. I ain't know about. I said, if I ever play baseball, I don't want bat, I don't want none of that. Put me in the outfield somewhere. <laughs> See what I'm saying, bro? That's a hundred miles per hour. <laughs> Hello. Come on, Hello. Yes, I almost said rep. I gotta say umpire, right? <laughs> Yeah. Ball boys. Oh, I know he love his job, though, boy. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Come on, He taking a second? Nah, he ain't gonna take a second. Yeah, all right. Tell me this man go back. <laughs> that was too high flag. I don't even know why he swung at that one. Oh, yeah. See, I love the end, right? I love the end because he has the same reaction everybody does. This this place is wild, man. It's awesome. I love it. I love it, man. I've said it so many times. I love how players cross over and, and you know, football players even go to hockey games, man. And, you know, I just love how the crossover and you see it in other you see it in other cities as well, but because we're here, it's so much more magnified. You know, yeah. it, it's become second nature. This has been going on for years, decades. You know, and I just love that even though the players, the player, the rosters turn over, yeah. the commitment is still there, man. That's that's awesome. I love cool. seeing that. I thought that you was really cool. They, right? I wonder if they knew they were mic'd. I mean, they weren't mic'd up, but the mic was close enough you could pick up to what they're saying. Yeah, I, that's a good question. I that I don't know. I, I can't answer that one way or the other. But it, it was funny, man. It was really. You know, obviously, two guys who aren't diehard baseball fans, but it was just like to watch it and experience it from their point of view as athletes, how different the sport is from what they do. Yeah. Uh, cool. Very cool, man. That, you, know, that was you, really you, cool. you could tell they were both novice, and I love the count. How many games they play? I don't know. <laughs> like every other day. Yeah. And they're <laughs> like changing pictures all the time. They, they can't throw every day. Yeah, that was great. It was great. Um, that was cool. How about this? 14 years ago, Derek, uh, Jimmy Rollins had a walk-off double against the mm. Dodgers in the NLCS mm. game four to win the game. It was a huge, it was crazy, man, at, at mm. Citizens Bank Park when he when he did that. Jimmy was money. Jimmy was yeah, money. He was. Yeah, he was. And I love seeing Jimmy now. He's always on uh, TBS yeah. uh, as an analyst. I love seeing him in that role as well. Very knowledgeable, humorous. Uh, but that but that's Jimmy being natural Jimmy. But, man, what a, what a player he was. You know, wasn't the biggest player. He reminded me of a stockier version of a guy I, I covered and got to know back in the early days um, when he was playing with the San Diego Padres. Ozzie Smith was one of the greatest shortstops that ever played the game. Oh. Ozzie Smith was like about five seven, a buck fifty five, but nobody had a better range than Ozzie Smith. No. And you talk about a cannon for an arm, for a guy who was a little wispy guy. And then of course he went to St. Louis and finished out. Yep. But Ozzy Smith was um, – uh, that's why they referred to him back then as the Wizard of Oz. Yep. And he would always run out of the dugout to start a game and do his somersault. Backflip, yeah, thing, yeah. Backflip. He was the best fielding shortstop I ever saw. I, I mean, 
the hands. range on that dude, the oh hands. He had ridiculous hands. Oh my, oh my goodness! I mean, you know, the, the transfer to the glove to throwing it. I mean, you name it. He could do everything. Ozzy Smith. He was. But, but but Jimmy Rollins. Oh my goodness! Jimmy was Ooh. Jimmy was special, man. He boy was he special. Yeah, Jimmy was oh, money. Good. Yeah, Jimmy was money. Uh, no question. Um, all right, I did want to give a little shout out to my guy. My guy passed away, Burt Young. Burt Young, Paulie from the Rocky uh, franchise. Yeah, we lost him, man. Eighty-three, Paulie. He was. He, I, I, I tweeted out. He always. He was a little rough around the edges, Derek. But yeah. he always had Rocky's back in big spots. He was good, man. Burt Young was a, was a good actor, underrated, I think. Excellent actor, and that Rocky role fit him so perfectly because yeah. it was such an unpolished role. Yes. You know, he was just the guy from the neighborhood. Um, there he is. And I tell you what, he played that role to the hilt. You know, he did, man. And that's uh, that's a great shot of him right there. But yeah, he was he, he did. He he was he was the only guy he told this story. He was the only guy that didn't have to audition for the first one. Everybody else had to, yeah, everybody else the producers made everybody else audition. Now Stallone had the part because he wrote it and he wouldn't give in to anybody else playing the role. But I'm saying in right. terms of the other actors. Right. From Adrian to Apollo, and yep. Carl Weathers was ridiculously was good. ridiculous. But um, yeah, Paulie was the only one who was established enough that they, they and they felt like he was just that character that didn't have to uh, uh, audition for it. So and he he would always sneak in those one line zingers at uh, an opponent of Rocky. He'd, yeah. give, he'd give you that one line <laughs> where you take a shot. Um, yeah, and, tone uh, summed it up. He was ignorant as hell, but I loved him. It, it, yeah. We all have we all have relatives or or like friends who are kind of like that, where you're like, dude, you're killing me here, but but you know they're there for you. You know, you know what I mean? It was, it was you know, just the other the, just the other day the the Rocky with a uh, Tommy Gun in it was yeah, on five. Yep. Yeah, five. And then and then uh, Paulie steps in and says something when they're about to go at it in the street, <laughs> and, and Tommy Gun decks him. You know, yes. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what, Tone? That's right. Professional ignorance. He was a master at professional ignorance. Yes, he was. That's I a great it. way to put it. I love it, man. Yeah, so that, that was fun. All right, lastly, uh, before we, we we get into everything, by the way, big show today. So we have Chris Franklin uh, yeah. joining us from NJ.com. He's going to join us. We'll talk birds with Chris. We'll get the latest on what's going on with the injuries, the whole nine. Uh, Tim Kelly is going to be joining us from Arizona. So I'm very curious to talk to Tim. What's the sense of the city of, of Phoenix, like the and the surrounding areas about this series? Do they feel like it's over and the whole, you know, Philly fans takeovers? I was doing radio last night, Derek. I had a guy on a whim yesterday. He and his girlfriend are like, you know what? They have like a a, a, a buddy who lives out there. He's like, dude, let, let's hop on the on a flight and let's get out there. And they, they literally flew out yesterday and they're going to uh, today and tomorrow's game. And then they're coming back. So no, I think there's going to be a good amount of people there. Yeah, Philadelphia fans. Oh, I, I do. Know. I think, you know, Phillies fans will look at this as a quick four-day weekend. You know, go out there for games tonight, tomorrow, come back Sunday, get back to work on Monday. Right. You know, um, you know, especially if it's 100 degrees in a dry desert. Ooh. You just messed up my day, man. Sorry, Derek. Sorry. Man. But here's what I say. When we get when we finish the show, just go outside. And I just I just was outside walking the dog. It's beautiful out i'm just telling it's beautiful outside so enjoy it um all right lastly uh, and by the way so chris franklin tim kelly from arizona and coach billy crocker from eastern university later and they got a win this week d-gun yeah they, they took did. care of business yes the eastern eagles they won all right so uh james harden no show at practice so i was watching nba live yesterday i think that's wait, what he wait, is who? Who, who'd you say james harden who 
familiar with him? Yeah. You, you might've heard of him. I've never heard of him before. So no show for practice. We don't know what the status is, but I was watching ESPN's NBA show and Ramona Shelbourne, who covers the league, who always has pretty good information on any, everything, but you know, James Harden, she's pretty, you know, tapped into that whole thing. Um, so she said, this is just the beginning. Like there's a whole thing planned here to turn into a, a massive distraction, I guess, for lack what? of a better word. So like we're, we're in the like infant stages of, of what Harden's got planned. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Buck, then, buckle up. Then why, why show up at all? Why would you show up at all? If you now look, the, uh, the the Sixers were obviously trying to work a backdoor deal, and we heard yesterday that the Sixers and the Clippers are still far apart on anything. Yes. So it's not like the Sixers aren't trying. So why would you not come in there and just keep your mouth closed, do what you have to do, and even if it trickles over into the regular season, as long as you – because obviously he's not having a conversation with Maury about this, so no. there's got to be a third party. He, he, by the way, they haven't spoken. He won't speak to Maury, okay. uh, according so to Ramona so Shelby. there's got to be a third-party liaison who's who's speaking between them, okay? Yeah, I mean, it's so, probably Elton Brand, I would guess, but I but I don't know. Yeah. Why, why even show up then? Yeah, why why'd you show up in the first place? I don't know. And then wait two days and take off and go back to Houston? Yeah. Get back in the club? I mean, you could have stayed in Houston, man. <laughs> I, I don't this get thing. This thing is going to be a mess. Ugh. And we all saw it coming. Anyway. Uh, all right. So let's get a timeout here, D-Gun. Hey, real, quick. Here, yeah. real quick. Here's the update. Okay. Said, hey, is that you hoping? Or will the, is the med- medical staff trying to protect you from yourself? No, I'll be out there. Not as bad as the other ones I've had before. Okay. okay. That's coming all directly right. from Lane. So good, good work right, out of you. you. All right. Thank you. Appreciate the update, Derek. All right, let's get a timeout and let's come back. Uh, Phillies, Eagles, NFL. We're going to do our our top five QB power rankings, Derek. We have not done that yet. I will tell you this. Normally, I don't tip my hand because I'm always intrigued to see how close we are. Yeah. But we're doing this QB ranking based on through six weeks of this season performance, right? Correct. I will tell you this. Jalen Hurts is not on my list. He is not on mine either. See, we'll see what we have. All right, we'll see what we have there. All right, we come back. Yeah, Tim Tim Kelly's going to join us. Tim is Tim's been laying in the sun in the 100 degree heat. It's perfect for him. So yes, we'll you'll you'll know what I'm talking about when we come back. All right, so when we get back, we'll talk to Tim Kelly. I'm looking forward to that. Tim does a great job as the editorial director for Phillies Nation. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let me tell you about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Yes, Bravo Pizza. Been going there since I was a kid. Family-owned since 1985. Spectacular food. And 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have the you-name-it-they'll-make-it specialized pizza your way. But if you're not up for pizza, fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. Whether it's fundraisers for charity, schools, little leagues, you name it, the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Give them a call right now. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Here's a little sampling of Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. 
We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Happy, happy Friday Eve, a.k.a. Thursday. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis hanging out with you. We are Sports Take. All right, let's head to Arizona, Derek, and check the editorial director of Phillies Nation, the one and only Tim Kelly. Tim, good to see you, my friend. How are we doing, man? I'm surviving. I, I am struggling to adjust to the, the time difference, but here we are. I, I'm, and, I'm and stay out of the sun, my friend. As a fellow <laughs> see-through individual, 
load up on the sunblock or stay inside. All right. Yeah. Somebody told me last week when it looked like the Phillies were going to end up playing the Diamondbacks, they said, you better start putting sunscreen on now. <laughs> I'm just that. glad you didn't rub in the fact that it's 100 degrees there while it's only 60 something here. Yeah. Derek wants the 100 degrees, Tim. Yeah. No, I, he's a sick uh, individual. No, I love the, the 60. I will say it is what? like, what? I, I wish it was 60 every single day. Oh, no. See, no. See, you, you and I, we can never bond in public together, man, because if it's below 85, I'm miserable. Oh, my God. It's great. It's great. Uh, Tim, I, first off, man, since you are there, I got give – me, give me the vibe of the city. Like, the, do they – are they looking at this like it's over? Do they feel like, hey, Philly's got the first two at third place? Okay, we have three here. How are they viewing it, sports talk, fans, et cetera? I'm not sure there is that much of a, a buzz, to be quite honest with you. Now, I've only been here for a day, but I, I haven't gotten the sense that there's a huge buzz. What I've noticed is that there are quite a few Phillies fans on my flight, and I heard the same thing from people on flights after. So I think that – and you've obviously seen some of the screenshots of ticket prices for yeah. the second game – uh, or third game, I, I think there's a decent chance that this is like feels somewhat like a home game for the Phillies, or uh, at the very least, like a, a split ga- uh, game where you have half and half. Mm. It, it amazes me that tickets for a, a playoff game are going that cheap. But you know, Phoenix is like San Diego, like Miami, it's a lot of transients there, there's not a lot of loyalty there. Uh, so I, I, I would be surprised if, if more than half that stadium is not Phillies fans who decided to run out there on a whim uh, to watch this game. I mean, when you, you – is that true? There's some tickets, some some seats that are like $10? Yeah, there is. I mean, you could legitimately make a case that it's easier, cheaper to get a flight to Phoenix and buy tickets for this game than it would be if you live down the road from Citizens Bank Park to pay for tickets there. Wow. Unbelievable. That is crazy, man. I mean, <laughs> this is a team that, like, that's a fun Arizona team, too. They got on – I know the Phillies just beat them down, but they, they were on an unbelievable run even heading in it. That's a that's amazing, Tim. That really is. That that I'm telling you, man, if that place – Phillies strike early and it's loud with Phillies fans, that can take a lot of wind out of that other team's sails. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really – I think if they don't win today, it's going to end up being a sweep. So they, they have to get some sort of momentum early. They, they need to score first, which – teams have struggled to do against the Phillies this postseason. What are you sensing here from Ranger? He is such a cool customer, man. It doesn't seem like anything bothers him, but you know, really has pitched very, very well. I mean, he was, he was pulled early in his first outing, but that's not his fault. He looked good. What do you expect from him today? And how long will the leash be, Tim? It sounds like the leash is going to be, I don't know, quite a bit longer, but definitely longer than it has been to this point because you've had off days after each of his first two starts today is potentially game one of three in a row, certainly game one of two in a row. So I, I think six innings between six and seven innings is probably going to end up being the target today. You know, I, I know you guys, uh, when, when it's all said and done, you have to talk to Ranger through interpreters. What, what has been his his take on how he's been used? Because that, that first game um, in the playoffs, he had this look of shock and bewilderment on his face that he was pulled so quickly. He seemed to accept a little bit better second time, but well, what has been, from your perspective, his take on how he's been utilized in, this, in, in the playoffs? I definitely think that there was some uh, – he was caught off guard to a degree in that start in Atlanta. I yeah. think he was – ultimately, though, they won the game and they won the series, and 
when there's a champagne celebration once a week, it becomes a lot easier to get used to the idea of, uh, at least in the playoffs, having to come out earlier. So, yeah, I mean, I certainly think all players, all pitchers would rather just go seven innings or whatever the case may be. But uh, at this time of the year, I think it becomes easier to uh, adjust your expectations when you're winning. Okay. Tim, put in perspective a little bit, and I, I'll we can attack both sides of this thing with the pitching and the hitting. But uh, just just generally, what this Phillies team is doing, I mean, I, if you walk through it, they beat a Marlins team that's always been a thorn in their side. They knocked off an Atlanta team that that you know just just put up numbers that were out of this world in the regular season, and then you know an Arizona team that had swept through everybody they faced. I mean, how amazing is it what we've seen thus far? The way that I put it, I mean, the, the lineup obviously it speaks for itself. What amazes me the most is that what you've gotten out of both Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, the way I look at it is it's, at least to this point, like you have two versions of Cole Hamels in 2008, the way that those two guys are pitching right now. And obviously the bullpen's largely done well too. But when you have those two at the top of the rotation, Ranger Suarez, number three, and you're hitting four home runs a game, that that's a pretty good recipe. Mm. Um, is this the loosest... Phillies team now compare this team to last year is this team even looser than last year's team I think that there is just because you've been at this point in the season before and uh yeah I I would say it maybe is a little bit more but I I think last year was pretty loose too but the having the experience multiple guys have talked about how that does matter now that they've experienced what it's like to be there for the first time and the second time you see them facing a team in the Diamondbacks that hasn't been there before. I think they definitely feel like that is uh, an advantage. And, yeah, they're, they're playing. I think this is a team that expects to win the World Series, but they're not playing tight whatsoever. And the, the other thing, Tim, I, I just think they're, they're so improved on so many levels from last year. They're way better defensively. They're more athletic. I think the bullpen's deeper um, with more arm talent on the back end. And – if you're getting this Aaron Nola through the whole run, I mean, we, remember he kind of hit the wall in the NLCS last year. This is a much improved team. Yeah, I, I absolutely think it is. And obviously the addition of Trey Turner compared to last year True. speaks for itself. But the thing that really stands out to me, I, I thought in like when, when you started to look at some of the playoff matchups in May and June, I thought, wow, the Diamondbacks would be a really bad matchup because that outfield is gigantic and the Phillies don't have the guys to patrol it. But Johan Roas comes up and you go from him in center field or you end up with him in center field and then Brandon Marsh in left field pushing Kyle Schwarber out of playing in the outfield. I think you've gone from that being a negative to uh, Nick Cassianos is still not a great fielder, but uh, you're in significantly better position to field in a giant outfield like this where teams can wear out the gaps than you were when the Phillies came here earlier this season. Can, can you can you expound on the way Alex Bohm has been locking it down at third base? To, to play? Man, he is his glove has been straight money in the playoffs. Yeah, it hasn't. It really was last year. I mean, that, he's still not someone that grades out great defensively, but yeah. he's making the plays that he's supposed to make. And uh, he, he's made quite a few nice plays, including the double play to end the game uh, in game one. I, I, he, he is drastically improved. I, I don't think he's a gold glove third baseman by any means, but he's someone that largely outside of maybe that one play in Milwaukee this year, when the balls hit to him, 
he's going to make the play that he should make. You're not worried about him throwing the ball away. And he is generally a, a good athlete. So uh, he's somebody that's worked very hard to get to this point. I don't think there's mm-hmm. any question about that. Tim, I'm going to go back to Castellanos for a minute in this, at the plate this time. Did, did you see this coming? I'll be honest with you. I was really concerned with the way last year went. And I, you know, I'm thinking, can they get out of this deal? Can they unload him, et cetera? Uh, but he's really turned this thing around. Did you see it coming? I thought he would bounce back, and he did for the first half of the season. But I, I certainly was concerned after the All-Star break with how much he struggled. Uh, I think at this point it, it – it's hard to argue the fact that he seems to be much more locked in when his son is present at the games. Uh, I, I mean, sure. I just will he be there today? I, by the way, do you know? I do. I do not know that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it just for whatever reason, I, I guess when you're on the road and your kid's not there, it's a little less surprising. When you're at home and he's not there, I, I imagine that is difficult. So uh, he's somebody that maybe sometimes with the media isn't always uh, eager to talk, but. He's clearly a very good father and cares about his son quite a bit, both of his sons. So when they're present, he seems to be even more present. And I think that that has been an underrated factor. And maybe the Phillies need to find a way. I know it's a school year, but to make sure the rest of this playoff run, Liam is sitting in that spot right by the dugout. Right. Well, oh, I think the school would forgive him. Yeah, I think he could do some hybrid work from home. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think he goes to school in Miami, so I don't know. Maybe they uh, won't forget. Yeah, I hey, think man. I think I think they'll let him slide for a few weeks. Maybe, yeah. you know. It's not like he could say I, I was homesick. He was kind of on yeah, TV, yeah. so yeah. trying to get away with that one. Maybe maybe don't go that route. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Tim, I, I love asking writers this before big games. So I have to ask you this: um, What is your pregame storyline? What's your angle leading into Game Three tonight? I think the angle is just: Does this travel? Does the, the insane momentum that the Phillies have had over the last two days, does it travel where you don't have Citizens Bank Park coming with you, even if you expect a decent amount of Phillies fans are going to be there? And it's interesting to know, in case there's a gap between the NLCS and the World Series, can you keep this up? Can Do off days kind of slow your momentum, or can you just continue to show up for 10 more days and hit three, three or four home runs a game? pitch incredibly i think that really is the storyline at this point because the way things are going the phillies clearly look like the favorites to win the world series tim there's inherent risk anytime you give a guy 13 years or 10 years or some of these crazy lengthy deals that the phillies handed out right but the amazing thing is certainly i know turner it's just been the the most amazing turnaround story you've ever seen but with harper he's actually outplayed his deal I mean, I I never thought I'd be saying that, but it really does feel like that. It's incredible that this guy at every stop, and he talked about it, and you were there after I think it was game three or four um, of the Brave series, like walking you through his childhood. And and when that was the real pressure, this is just fun. But it's amazing what this guy's done in a Phillies uniform. It really is. I mean, and that doesn't mean still there won't be some lean years at the end of that contract, but there's nothing that could happen at this point that, would make this deal not a rousing success from uh, where they were at uh, in 2018 when they signed him compared to now. He's become one of the best postseason hitters of all time, probably with what he's done over the last two seasons. And he continues to talk about a desire to play into his mid-40s. I don't think that's a coincidence. He continues to put that out publicly. And 
he didn't put an opt out in his deal, so he doesn't necessarily have that leverage. But there is part of me that wonders if we're going to wake up one day this offseason and the Phillies have signed Bryce Harper to a two or three year extension on top of what they owe him because he's referenced that desire. He wants to play in Philly his whole career and he wants to play until he's 45. He's under contract till he's 38. It's just kind of something I'm monitoring because if he goes to John Middleton after this offseason and kind of tries to level with him, it, it would be hard to deny what he's done to this point. It's interesting. From, yeah. from, from a writer's perspective, you have to be in heaven right now. There have been so many great stories, great heroes throughout this playoff journey for the Phillies. But I would say Aaron Nola's turnaround has been has to be near the top of that pecking order when you look at how he struggled through the regular season, all of a sudden he gets to late in the season and into the postseason, and he's pitching like that lockdown Aaron Nola we expected all year long. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right about that. You have Sir Anthony Dominguez has kind of rediscovered himself in the playoffs. Yep. And you're right, from a narrative sense, this playoff so far has been incredible. You had the Arceus story, and then Bryce Harper immediately responds with two home runs. Maybe the Merrill Kelly story was people reaching for a storyline a little bit. But yeah. nonetheless, Trey Turner's the one that says, we'll see what he says after the game. And then the first at-bat against him, he hits a towering home run. So it's you're right, from a writer's perspective, it's almost been too good to be true so far how the narratives have played out this postseason. And Tim, that's the other thing. Like you, you can't really quantify clutch. I mean, I guess you can, there are clutch stats, but, but I mean, like some guys have it and some don't. And it seems like there are so many guys on this team that welcome that moment where we've seen in any, take any sport where guys just kind of hide sometimes, you know, with a big moment Th these guys eat it up. Yeah, I, I mean, at this point with Bryce Harper, there's no question Bryce Harper's clutch. Trey Turner, at least at the plate, seems to be. And you have a lot of guys that are battle-tested, have been here before, and they, they just don't seem tight when these big moments come up. Uh, and then it, it helps that, like, Nick Castellanos has gotten hot. He, he struggled in the playoffs last year. He's on a, a tear right now. Kyle Schwarber has gotten hot, but he's always someone that kind of Whenever the Phillies are at a crossroads, he seems to lead the game off with a home run. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, you just you have a really good mix of guys right now, and that's without Alec Bohm, without Bryson Stott, without them really having clicked so far offensively this postseason, although Stott did have the grand slam. But uh, I think if those guys click on top of this, you're, it, it would be insane. I just act real quick, Derek. I think yeah. Bohm's fine. Like he hit a lot of balls hard. He's been a little unlucky. I like I, I'm I, I think he'll be fine in this the rest of the way here. I do. Yeah, I think you're probably right. He had the ball into the gap in the last game. The right. ball he had in the first inning was nearly a home run. It went to the warning track. Uh, the the only thing I worry about with him is he is just he's tougher on himself. Right. He wears his emotions on his sleeve probably more than any player I've seen. And it's maybe not to the level it was when he first came up, but I, I can tell it wears on him when he's struggling. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it, it was very good. It was a positive development for him to have hit that ball into the gap late in the game. And the fact that he hasn't allowed it to carry over into the field would also be a good note. I think the big money players on this team have been so productive. It has taken so much per pressure and burden off of the lesser knowns like the caves, the stats, the, the the marshes, even, you know, from a hitting perspective and from a fielding perspective and pitching perspective. I mean, Rob Thompson has no problem throwing Kirkering in there at any given moment, you know, 
And because of the way this team dominates, even if these play, pitchers get roughed up a little bit, they know the power bats are coming. It's, it's just a matter of time. And I, and I think the, the, the nucleus has complemented each other so well. The fluidity on this team is ridiculous. Yeah, and I, I would say the best example of that is Johan Roas has like two hits this postseason, and nobody's talking about that. Right. But if you didn't have him in the lineup hitting ninth, who knows? Maybe the Braves win that game four because I don't know that anyone's uh, anybody else is catching that ball Ronald Acuna hit. So right. the fact that you've been able to kind of take his lumps offensively to keep his glove in and then that allows you to play Marsh in left field, uh, you're, you're right. Like ha- having your big money guys perform like big money guys, this is what you paid for and this is what you're getting in the biggest moments. Tim, how about the job that Dave Dombrowski's done? I, I mean, really just kind of settling things down, it felt like, you know, after Clintac and McPhail. And not only um, bringing in and ma- even little moves like Pache right before the season, et cetera, but finding the right guys, too. Like, they're, you know, I know people think this is overrated sometimes, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of jerks on this team. It seems like it's a lot of guys who just get it. You know, and and I think that's a big quality. Is that something he's expanded on or when you guys have talked to him at all? I think it, it it's hard to say that that hasn't been a focus of his. Kyle yeah. Schwarber is – Rob Thompson, I think, called him the best clubhouse guy he's ever been around. Even some of the guys that you don't necessarily hear from all the time, Garrett Stubbs, Jake Cave, like these are good guys that are, are quality presences in the clubhouse. And I, I think one of the other realities on this team is that it seems to be – universal there's not sections in the clubhouse based off of what positions you play whether you speak uh whether your first language is english or spanish everybody seems to kind of be on the same page and really like each other and that is not always the case but i think on this team that that has been a a very real factor you see it in the post-game celebrations after they win something but it, it seems to be something that uh, carries on throughout the season that this is a team that really enjoys playing with each other and you have the right mix of veteran guys that have been there and then you bring up a guy like Johan Rojas in the middle of the season that has like a childlike joy about playing baseball it, it injects energy when you need it in the grind of an 162 game season have you ever covered another baseball manager whether it's the Phillies or another team you may have watched closely where every move that the manager makes, in this case, Rob Thompson, has been flawless. You know, every manager has a hiccup here and there. Not this guy. Yeah, I mean, in terms of just years I've been covering the team, it, there's not that many. It's Girardi and Thompson. But um, I, I would say what Charlie Manuel did in 2008, where you call on Matt Stairs at the exact right time, you decide to use Jeff Jenkins at the exact right time in the World Series, I, I think – that was a, a master class, and to a gr- degree, I think you just have to get lucky. But uh, so far, so good, I, I would say, with the Phillies. with Without pitchers hitting and having used pinch hitters, there's a little less room for the manager to have to do those things. But I think just in terms of managing a veteran clubhouse and getting the most out of guys, Rob Thompson has absolutely proven to be the right guy for this team. Tim, what um, what's your sense here? from a bullpen perspective, is Rob going to stay with the best matchup sort of MO that he's gone with here? Or, or will he look to settle in a little bit more into more traditional stuff, I guess, for lack of a better word, Kimbrel Alvarado, you know, on the back end, or is it, is it going to be that way throughout the rest of the postseason? I think it's going to be me- best matchup. And he actually talked about this yesterday. He said 
he used to be more on the traditional uh, viewpoint of how to use a bullpen. The thing is, like, it's easy to do that when you have Flash Gordon setting up for Mariano Rivera in New York. Like, it, it becomes a lot more difficult to do that when you had the bullpens that the Phillies had in recent years. Now they have a bunch of options, and I think he's just realized pinning yourself into one guy that's going to pitch the ninth inning is maybe not the best way to go about things. Kimbrell often will pitch the ninth inning, but sometimes it makes more sense for him to go eighth and Alvarado to go ninth. And uh, I think when you have three games in three days, potentially, some guys are going to have to pitch out of their comfort zone a little bit. Orion Kirkering might have to take down some big innings. Guys that you haven't necessarily seen in this playoffs, obviously tomorrow uh, they haven't announced a starter yet, but I, I would guess it'll be some combination of Taiwan Walker and Christopher Sanchez which will lead to you needing to use the bullpen. Maybe they use an opener before those two. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think guys are going to have to be a little comfortable being flexible the next few days. If you had to pick, who would you go with, Walker or Sanchez tomorrow? I might start Matt Strom for the first inning and then oh. go go with one of those two. I, I think that would be maybe the move that I would go with. Interesting, because, I mean, the thing with Walker is the first innings are a nightmare. Now, I don't know if that's just it's the first inning or it's the first inning that he pitches. You know what I mean? Like, the same thing could apply in the second or the third with him. That's the problem. He gets you down. Yes, he settles in, but all of a sudden it's 4 nothing, and you're like, man, got to dig out of this hole. Yeah, you don't have time to settle in in the postseason. I think that's what makes it difficult to kind of use Taiwan Walker uh, he's a very good guy. He Give credit to him. Being able to settle in is important. Having a guy, uh, even when the results aren't always great, that pitches 150 or 160 right. innings, you need that during a regular season. I just, in the playoffs, having not pitched for a few weeks now, uh, uh, it's a big wild card. So you'd like to be up 3 nothing going into tomorrow. And the same, in a lot of senses, goes for Christopher Sanchez. He hasn't pitched recently either. So you don't want to feel like you're banking on having to win tomorrow's game. Tim, last one from me. Can you give us a scouting report on the guy the Phillies are facing today, this Brandon Fault? Is that the correct pronunciation? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, what I would say is the Diamondbacks, to me, are a year ahead of schedule. And there's some really good pieces like Corbin Carroll on that team. And I yeah. think this is going to be a team in a, a year or two that's even better. But you, you're starting to see the cracks in terms of the lack of depth. They don't have enough bullpen options. They don't have enough starting pitching options. And I, I think they were a team that's able to get through the three-game series, the five-game series. But when you get to the seven-game series, they just don't have enough options, especially if you don't get a 2 nothing lead with Gallon and Kelly pitching, and they got the exact opposite of that. Mm, interesting. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. What do you think? What do you think about today? What do you think happens? Uh, I, I think they'll win today. Tomorrow is okay. going to be a little bit tougher. But if I had to guess, I, I think they'll finish in Arizona, whether it's in four or five. Okay, so they don't come back to Philly. Okay, interesting. Tim, good stuff, man. And, and uh, everybody, check yeah, check Tim out. Uh, always, always good stuff here from Tim. He is uh, the editorial director of Phillies Nation. So you can check him out, Phillies Nation, uh, as well as at Tim Kelly Sports on Twitter slash X. Tim, good stuff, man. Appreciate you. Thank Thanks, you. guys. All right, take care. That is Tim Kelly, uh, Phillies Nation. Interesting information there, Gunner. It sounds like he he feels pretty confident um, today in Ranger. This, this guy they're going against, Brandon Fault, 572 ERA, yeah. 96 innings pitched, six runs or more in five of his 18 starts. So uh, he seems like a hittable guy, right? I mean, he, he seems like somebody they should be able to do some damage off, especially as hot as they are. Can you imagine, can you imagine his, his heart is going to be up in his throat yeah. When he steps to the hill this afternoon, 
His team is down 0-2, and he's facing this one through nine lineup, not one through four, not one through six, this one through nine lineup. Can you imagine that? And yeah. I always talk about how from you, you hear me talk about a lot this summer and into the fall about how this Phillies lineup puts so much stress on a pitcher. He has to be fine with his pitches. Not, you know, most pitchers try to tiptoe around the first four hitters and feel they can sneak certain things past pitchers, pitchers right. batters beyond that. Not with this lineup. Anybody in this lineup can jump on a mistake you make. And so that compounds the 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 emotional level and the mental aspect of his game as he takes the hill. I'm sure he's talked to the previous two starters for Arizona. Okay, tell me what I need to know. Tell me. And all this stuff is swimming in his head right now as the hours and the minutes tick away to him taking that hill today. Yeah. Yeah, no quite no doubt. All right, let's uh let's get a timeout. Let's come back and let's set our sights on the birds, Derek. We'll we'll go a little bit further with some of the injury issues, uh the the bounce back ability that the Eagles have had, especially with Jalen Hurts playing quarterback. And you know how this is a defense from Miami, which we'll get into a little bit. The numbers may not be all that great. Uh so we'll right. we'll, we'll dig into that. Maybe it's a little misleading. A lot to do. Uh 12:30, Chris Franklin from NJ.com a little later in the show. Billy Crocker from Eastern University. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be challenging. And I'm here to tell you, I was at the front of the line for a long time, but I found the right person, and it's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, your insurance, you're not really sure you're getting the best bang for your buck, trying to get employee benefits off the ground if you are a business owner, that's another resource that Jim can help you with. Personally, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call, 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. Or you could email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray, dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. 
The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We're hanging out with you on this Thursday. We are Sports Day. Please hit the like button if you could. Appreciate that. We're talking a lot of uh, Phillies early. We set our sights on the birds. Just to reiterate the uh, the injury list here, Derek. So this is as of Wednesday. We don't have yep. the update on today yet. But uh, Reed Blankenship's dealing with that rib injury. It's the second time this season he's had uh, issues with the ribs. He did not practice. Lane Johnson, although Derek, if you didn't uh, see it a little bit earlier, uh, communicated with Lane and Lane said, I'm, I'm good to go. And Derek even followed up saying, is that you saying that, or is the medical team going to try to hold it, you know, hold you out? And he said, I'm good to go. Basically You're like I'll, I'm playing. And if, if I trust anybody's word on that, I trust Lane Johnson's word on it. Uh, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. He uh, said that this, uh, this injury is not nearly as bad as the ones he's had in the past. I said, okay, good luck to you, man. Hope you're yep. upright and breathing. Good to hear. Uh, Bradley Roby shoulder did not practice, and it's a shame because he actually did a pretty nice job in the slot considering the guy was on the street, and, and they just threw him in there. Um, Devontae Smith's dealing with a hamstring. So they're the guys who didn't practice. The guys who were limited, Jalen Carter coming back from the ankle. Dallas Goddard's dealing with a groin. Uh, Darius Lay still dealing with the knee, but at least he was out there a little bit. Uh, Milton Williams is dealing with an ankle as well. Um, and then full practice – Sydney Brown's back. So that's that part of it's good. But the other one, you know, I'm not loving some of this other stuff. I'm, I'm you know, Goddard and, you know, Devontae and, and Milton Williams popping up on this thing is uh, is a little concerning, Derek. You need to be you need to be at full staff here for this for this group they're going to be dealing with. Yeah, no question. But you know what? That's that's the nature of the beast, man. Every team's going through this right now. Yeah. And again, we can't emphasize enough just how spoiled we were last year that we didn't have to worry about the multitude of injuries that we've been looking at over the last couple of weeks, especially in the back end, how they've had to mix and match. But this year, that that bug is catching up to them. And now Blankenship is dealing with the rib injury for the second time. Who are they going to put in his place? You know, he still remember now, he as well as he's played, he's still a young player who's who's learning his job. He's getting on the job training. You know, he's not not a complete entity, but he's a he's solid in terms of what he gives them. So who are you going to put to replace him? You know, Sidney Brown has had that hamstring injury for weeks now. He can come back and be out of the game in a matter of a series or two. You know, yeah. you know how the hamstring thing goes. True. Um, they even re-signed Josiah Scott. You know, we haven't even talked about that. That's right. They brought him back, you know. Yeah. 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 Uh, who's out? Um, uh, Mario Goodrich is out. Yeah, they they they, uh, they released Goodrich. Yep. So, you know, we, we were talking it was just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Goodrich had potential. Now he's out looking for a job, you know. Right. 
and Scott's back in. Are, are they going to throw Scott into the mix? You know, right away as well, out of necessity. I mean, at least he knows. You would think he knows the defense, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You might. I mean, Derek, you had Makai Gardner out there. You had guys out there Sunday, hey. man. You're like you checking your roster, like hey. who? Yeah. And no, and this is this is Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to be dealing with on Sunday. You know, now we we understand, and you have you've heard me say this time and time again. I think. In overall skill set, overall ability, and overall putting striking fear into an opponent, I think Tyreek Hill is the best of the best. But he has been shut down twice this year. He's been held to under 60 yards receiving. But, man, when he has those monster games, open the season with 215, he's at a buck 83 here, buck 73 there. Yeah. Um, the key is can you get pressure on Tua? And so far, most teams have not been able to do that, you know. And this Eagles pass rush, this Eagles defense is based on this pass rush getting after quarterbacks. But but um, you're going to have to ramp it up a little bit to get to Tua because even if you hit Waddle or a Tyreek underneath, you know, those yak yards they get after the catch are just as lethal as you hitting them deep on a pass. Yeah. And who who's in the slot this week? Okay. Um, who, who's on the back end this week if Blankenship is down? You know. Yeah, he's not going to give that away. You know, the size not going to give that away until last possible minute. But those are big concerns right now. They are. They are. You know, Tyreek Hill, they're certainly built way differently. I mean, Tyreek Hill's a tank. But, like, in terms of yards after catch, where he doesn't need a big volume, like, he he can only have four catches, but he can still have 150 yards. He reminds me of Deshaun Jackson that way, where he's just, he's he's a home run hitter. You know, he's more yards after the catch where Deshaun would just run under one, you know, yes. on a fly pattern. Yes. But still, you might look at it and say, oh, I didn't have a ton of catches. Well, look at all the yards that he had and the yards per catch. Um, that's that's the big thing with him. But, yeah, I mean, look, there's um, – the, here's the here's something interesting. I was looking at this. You know, the, the, the point spread opened at the Eagles minus two and a half, and then it moved to one and a half, right? Okay. Back up to two and a half. Really? Yeah. Like, interesting. That is interesting to me. You know, and one of the reasons I think is the Eagles are usually a good bounce back team, Derek. So right. under um with Jalen as the the starter. So the Eagles didn't have back to back losses with him playing quarterback last year. The two they lost back to back were were Gardner Minshew. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Go back to October. So we're two years now of, of 2021 was the last time they lost back to back games with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback. Okay. I Derek, like knowing that and also knowing the way that he played last week, I think you're you're in for a good Jalen Hurts game. I really do believe that. I, I don't disagree with you, but is it overall good enough to beat this Miami team? See, yeah. I, I you're right. I agree with you. I expect Jalen's going to step up and make some plays with his legs. Jalen's going to make some big throws. AJ's going to make some big catches. Um but it, will it all be good enough to, to to beat to beat this team? Because if Tua has time to sit back there and pick that secondary apart, this is going to be a shootout. This is going to be a shootout, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you you were talking about the and, the and the key to me is how do you control Miami's receivers' yards after the catch? You look at Tyreek. Tyreek Hill has eight hundred fourteen yards receiving, three twenty six after the catch. Jeez, that's lethal. Um, you look at Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle has only 200 and where did I see this? Waddle right now is only 296 receiving yards, but 149 after the catch. Right, right. See, 
So these guys are really good at wiggling free after the catch. And you're going to put a bunch of young, inexperienced guys on. And that's why I said if this pass rush doesn't get home, if Hassan Reddick is not wreaking havoc and, and making uh, Tua, when he takes that snap, look to where Hassan Reddick is more so than looking down the field. Right. That's bad news for this Eagles defense. No, I agree. Look, I, the the there any way you slice it, even if the Eagles were fully healthy, this was going to be a big challenge on the defensive side. That's for sure. I, I, I'm you know I'm curious where you're at with the with the Dolphin defense. It's very uh, across the board, number wise mediocre. Now, yeah. in yeah. in fairness, I think some of this is because they're they're up a lot in games and teams are kind of getting garbage, you know, yards uh, yeah. to some degree yeah. and points and all that. So it. It can be a little bit misleading, but I mean, I'll be honest with you, Derek. I was more concerned with the Jets' defense last week, although they had a lot of injuries on the back end. Than, than four, I am four DBs out. Yeah, but but I don't like this. Should be a defense Eagles should can score against. Should. Um, I I don't disagree. I mean, you know, the, their best cornerback Xavier Howard is listed as questionable right now, but you look at their personnel up front. Christian Wilkins is a beast. Uh, Bradley Bradley Chubb is a beast, you know. So you got those two guys coming at you. Uh, they've got some good D tackles. Steelers good too. Uh, oh my defensive yeah. tackle. Yeah. So so you've got some good pieces up in the trenches. The back end of the defense, I'm not so sure about. You know, I, yeah. I think the Eagles can have a good measure of success throwing against them. You know, the the run defense gives up a buck fourteen a game. But again, I wonder how much of that is them going soft. Once they built a certain lead, you know, yeah, so, it's like whatever you want to get some yeah. yards, eat up some clock. Who cares? You know, at that point, you're just worried about getting off the field healthy and, right. and getting ready for the next game. You know, sometimes numbers can be misleading, but but again, the one stat that just stands out at me about Miami, I don't think Miami is one of those you know top five defenses that we 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 laud, but the fact that this is a Miami defense that is tied for second in the league in QB sacks is something to be concerned about. And let's face it, this Eagles offensive line, for as good as it can be, is, has been much better in run blocking than it has been in pass blocking so far. Yeah. You know? And really, you know, all week, um, whether it for, for, from an Eagles perspective, whether it was Brian Johnson, whether it was Nick Sirianni, I don't think I don't think Jalen got into it too much, but right. they, they really defended, you know, the run pass ratio in that Jets game, like sort of justifying it. Right. I'm sorry, I disagree. I, I just do flat out. I disagree. I think you. I think you could have done Jack Driscoll some favors by running the ball a little bit more, knowing the guy was struggling. Yeah. Give you him could have maybe helped him a little bit more as well. Like I think there were a couple things at play that they just didn't get the job done. And we also know this is a Vic, uh, Vic Fangio defense that Miami's bringing in here. My, and Vic Fangio, let's face it, he's a mentor to a lot of defensive coordinators in the National Football League. Right. You know. Desai, now, he, he Desai is a disciple of oh his. Oh my goodness, yes. You know, and hey, Fangio was the one that the Eagles wanted, but the Gannon stuff was holding them up. And by the right. time, you know, th- it came out that Gannon was going to Arizona, Fangio had already agreed to go to Miami. Not to mention, Derek, he knows the team intimately. He was here with them getting preparing for the Super Bowl. You remember they used him as Absolutely. a consultant last year. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder what he's going to throw at him. Now he doesn't like to blitz a lot, but I'm telling you, if he looks at what the Jets did, you know, the, the measure of success the Jets had against the Eagles was because Robert Sala came after, you know, Jalen Hurts. Yep. You know, and forced Jalen to make some decisions. Some Jalen was able to make, some were not, you know, which directly led to the offense shooting itself in the foot. Of course, again, you can't emphasize enough. 
you cannot have your quarterback dropping back 55 times against a Jets defense, giving up a buck 46 on the ground. Yeah. You can't. You know, so that was that was a strategy mistake across the board by the offensive coordinator and the brain trust. You know, I want to see how how much more balanced the Eagles run to pass ratio will be, number one. And I'm also curious to see what is Vic Fangio going to throw at him? What can he possibly throw at them? Because let's face it, it's a copycat lead. You don't think Fangio has looked at all the games they've played from Belichick to Brian Flores to, to uh, Todd Bowles to see what they did in terms of trying to slow down this Eagles offense? Not to mention, you know, you know, every team they faced, like every team, to some degree, you game plan for a little bit, right, in the offseason. And they looked at what the Eagles did last year, and every team's tried to take it away. And that's why the Eagles offense has been choppy. It's why it hasn't been the same. Uh, and the, I don't think the Eagles have done a good enough job, you know, counterpunching. The, the one thing I will say, though, regarding the offense, and we'll get into this with, with uh, Chris Franklin as well, but you look at it, Derek, and you, let's say you didn't watch any of the Eagles games, okay? And, and you just said, oh, they're five and one. Oh, they're fifth in scoring, second in rushing, and ninth in passing. You'd say this is probably almost the same exact replica uh, replica of last year's game team. Yeah, yeah. But we know if you watch the games, it's much different. It doesn't look the same. They don't look as smooth as they looked last year. They don't look like they're finding a rhythm uh, as much as they did last year. I'll tell you the other thing that you're hearing from a lot of people who, who watch the film. I heard Jaws saying this. I've heard others saying this. Barrett talked about it a little bit yesterday. We had Barrett Brooks on. Um, Jalen's got to do a better job recognizing where the blitz is coming from and finding the hot guy because he hasn't done that as well this year. And I, and I wonder why. Because he did it so well last year. What has been the difference? And, and right. I understand you know, and, 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 and A.J. Brown and those guys brought it to, to light early in the season. We're seeing things that we're not studying on film. Yeah. They're throwing things at us that weren't on film, and it's taking us a while to adjust. Maybe that's a part of it, but, but you're right. Jalen has not been as fluid as he was a season ago in terms of you're coming this way, I'm going right over here. You're coming this way, I got you right here. You know, basically he beat them at, at – he beat defenses at their games time and time again. But, again – I hate to keep emphasizing this. Look at the collection of defenses he played last year compared to the personnel and the coordinators. I mean, I mean, this is week seven, and we're still talking about one of the best coordinators in the game defensively in Vic Fangio. Yeah. Yeah, Look, it, does, it, it feels like every week. I mean, honestly, yeah. you, you go from like the Belichicks to the Bulls to the Floreses to uh, Sala. I know I'm skipping people, oh, but, you know, to now to Vic Fangio. It, it, it's a real lineup they face. Raheem Morris. Yeah. Raheem Morris. Yeah. And you still you still have you still have the 49ers defense coming up. You know, and so it doesn't get any easier. You know, you got Dallas's fast and furious defense coming up. You know, so there's a lot of variations that you're going to see week in and week out. Number one, you got to get healthy. Right. And I don't know if health is going to be on the side of the Eagles this year. It just happened. We we understand it just happens. Right. You know, what you had last year is not going to be this year. You know that's why the that's why the percentages are so low in terms of a team going from a Super Bowl to back to back Super Bowls again, because teams figure you out, they strategize against you, and when you have a, when you get to a Super Bowl, your schedule is that much tougher the next season. Mm-hmm. You know it, it's a part of the equation. Seventeen yeah. percent of teams that go to a Super Bowl get back. You know it's parity, parity across the board. Yeah, and, and that's why. Look, this is part of why it's so, like you said, with that percentage, that's why it's so hard. These are all the things that come into play. It's not just 
looking at the schedule when you're doing the, the, the W's and L's like, and just, Oh, okay. Well, you're, they're better than this team. There's a lot of mitigating factors that come into play. Then you add into it injuries. Like there's a lot of different things that, that, that affect how things go. In other words, like I thought the actually the only positive I can really glean out of Sunday is, well, there were a couple, but you know, I, AJ Brown played well, the defensive line got a lot of sacks, but I thought the defense in general did a pretty good job. All oh, things yeah. considered, which Absolutely. tells me a little something about the side. Like he handled himself pretty well in a tough spot absolutely. in game losing players. Uh, no, I, no, absolutely. You know, even with that said, you know, but they played a Jets offense that was severely handcuffed at the quarterback spot. You know, and, and we we know for a fact that there's no way Zach Wilson was going to walk a team down a field and win a game in a clutch moment. Mm-hmm. It had to be a miracle turnover that helped them do what they what they did. You know. Uh, this past Sunday. So, you know, I, I don't want to say Desai got away with one with the lack of personnel he had because of who they were playing. When you look at the numbers uh, that were put up by the Jets offense, they were held to what, under 270 yards of offense? Yeah. You know, they needed every one of those turnovers to help them do what they were capable of doing. There's no question about it. And that's not a knock against Desai or Patricia. It was that at that particular time, they had the right opponent in front of them with, with the depletions they had on that defense. You know, no Jalen Carter, no Sidney Brown, so on and so forth, no Darius Slay. You had the you had the perfect game to 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 to, to mix and match to, to keep your team in that game. And they did that. Held them to one touchdown, and the defense gave them that touchdown so the offense could get the ball back. It's not like the Jets earned that touchdown. Oh, no. I, yeah, I agree. I, I, look, I think one of the most under-talked-about storylines with the Eagles this year is, especially the last three games, they don't take the ball away. Uh, no. They're not getting takeaways, and I get it. They're banged up on the back end. Usually your, your takeaways, they come from strip sacks too, but usually your interceptions are your guys in the secondary, and you know they've been a little bit banged up there, but they've given the ball away three five times, Derek, and taken none in the mm. last three weeks. That's a you know, a surefire way to lose football. Yeah, that, that, that's not what we're used to seeing when it comes to um, th- this Eagles team. You know, right now, they're minus they're minus one in the takeaway giveaway department. Right, and they started off well. The beginning yeah, they of the did. Year. They had like six, what, six in the first three games? Yeah. Something like that. Right up now. You know. Yeah, zero last three and, and giving it away five times. Here's so they're the a minus five in their last three games. They only have two interceptions. Yeah. Two interceptions. And that's you know, that. Look, here's the other thing. It's where you, I know we got hurt in Detroit, but this is where you miss a guy like CJ Gar, CJ Gardner Johnson. Yep, he does exactly. take the ball away yep. for, for, for some of the other things that he, you know, whatever. Yep. And I'd be, you know, kind of a prickly kind of dude to deal with sometimes. But nonetheless, that guy is good at taking the ball away. Um, there's no question about it. And it seems like these guys are more concerned of doing exactly what the side wants, just keep it in front of you. We're not, they're not a high risk defense, you know. They they want to umbrella everything. They want to make sure nothing slips through the cracks, and they keep so they'll give you the underneath stuff to keep you in front of them. But it's not generating the volume of turnovers that we we thought this defense would. Now, granted, early in the season, you had Reddick playing with a cast on his arm. You right, that's that, that's big. That's a major um, thing. Yep. And, and and you know the back end guys, except for your two corners, your, your safeties are not big takeaway guys. Even when Edmonds is in there. You know, he's not a great anticipator on the ball. He He's a knowledgeable guy, but he's not a great anticipator on the ball. And and now you got a bunch of kids back there, Blankenship, yeah. Sidney Brown, you know, all these guys, uh, Job, 
Mm-hmm. You know, these guys are more concerned of not making it. The coach. Yeah, not making an error as opposed really? to going and getting the ball. I, I, I get that. I, I don't. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I don't fault them necessarily. They don't want to be called out in a meeting, team meeting. No, no. And, and boy, oh boy, man, if there's ever any game you go in a little scared, it's this one. Yeah, well, well you know? that's anybody who plays this offense. You know, it's yeah. understandable. Yeah. So that's uh, why I can't wait to see what the schemes are going to look like on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Uh, there's look, I think there's a couple things to come out of this game. One, obviously Jalen hurts has to be way better, um, than he was. And two, even though they've been really good and they were excellent last week, the defensive line has to be even better. Like you have to, you minimal four or five sacks minimum. I mean, that's basically what they did last week, but hopefully they'll impact it a little bit more than they did, you know, against uh, Wilson who for whatever Wilson did, he kind of kept his head about him and he didn't give the ball away, but you know, still, I mean, that this is the, the tough part is easier said than done. This dude gets it out quick and the offense is catered around that. The thing, the thing that, that, that I'm concerned most about is if Miami does find a way to run the ball with effectiveness, that's going to force the Eagles to go to a five man front. Yeah. They go to a five-man front, and Tua starts playing with that play action. There's a lot of guys that are going to be in one-on-one situations uh, with, with their receiving court, and unless they can beat the Dolphins five men up front, not good. Yeah, Not uh, a good situation. Tina asks, is Carter back? Well, he was limited in practice yesterday. Right. Um, so that that's where his status is. Today will be a big day for some of these guys. Right. Sometimes the, the limit can work two ways. One sure. – you, you know, you're kind of working your way back and they want to be a little bit cautious and you get through that day and you feel good and they'll ramp it up a little bit more today. So that that's the positive side. The other side is the guy gets out there and it still hurts him, man. And they're not they're not going to push it any further. And then you don't see him. Yeah, so yeah. limited is eh, you don't really know how to how to how to take that. They practice later today. So that's one of the reasons why we don't um, you don't have as many updates for you is because they're going um, this afternoon. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think this is. This is generally the kind of game under Sirianni and under Jalen that they have bounced back. I, I just don't remember the defense being as banged up as this one is um, in, yeah. game, in those kind of games or playing against this kind of offense. No, no, absolutely not. Um, we, we, we've been spoiled. Rob, we've been spoiled, man. <laughs> we've been so spoiled. Um, and, and, and now this is where you find what your team is made of, you know, um, are you still standing? I think you said, I think we both agreed that Eagles are right on that 11, 12 win season. Yeah. If I, I'm, I'm, I am, I'm not moving off of that. Okay. Yeah. I still feel good about that. I mean, I go through the injuries. Are you, are you still going to stick with that? You know, if they continue to go through the volume of injuries they're going through you know, and the, and the, and the carousel of he's in, he's out all yeah. season, are you still sticking with that? I am. I mean, I took that into account with my, with my, you know, either 11 and five or 11 right. and six right. and 12 or five. I just, um, I kept trying to tell all the people who were saying to me, like they're 14 and three again, or 15 and two. I just yeah. kept saying, first of all, the schedule's way harder. Secondly, weird stuff happens the next year. Yeah. You can't think you're going to be as healthy as you were last year. I, I just, I, I tried to tell people this, so I'm not surprised. I didn't like the way Sunday went. I think that was a totally winnable game, but um, you, you know, there there's, there's too many things that come into play here when you are either the defending champ, which, Kansas City is, or you're the runner-up, where everybody's gunning for you, and that's the the that's the mode that the Eagles are in right now. And you know, from a coaching standpoint, I want to see 
I want to see Brian Johnson or I want to see Nick offensively. Just just show me a little something here, creativity wise. I don't I don't feel I haven't been overwhelmed with anything, or, or I've been very underwhelmed, I guess, for lack of a better word. The other thing is we're getting really two contrasting offenses here, Derek. One uses yeah. the the least amount of motion in football. The other uses the most amount of motion, yes. most amount of motion in football. Um, Miami's not afraid of a trick play. Can you nope. tell me the last time the Eagles had a trick play? When was the last time the Eagles ran a jet sweep? I I mean they. They, they don't really don't do a lot of that stuff. No, no. Nope. Like I said, they line up and they say, this is what we're going to do. Stop it if you can. You're right. They don't use a lot of motion. They don't use gadget plays. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami throws a flea flicker in there, to be honest. You know, to be honest with you, double reverse. I wouldn't Hey, look, you're in enemy territory. You're playing the defending Super Bowl runner-up. Right. They're coming off. Uh, they're coming off a loss. You know they're going to be jacked up. They're coming out with these Kelly green uniforms on Sunday night. Yeah. Um, you've got to do any and everything that you can to, to silence that crowd because they know they, they know this team feeds off that crowd. You've got to do whatever it takes. You got to jump on them and you got to silence that crowd. If you take the crowd out of the game, that's a good percentage of the battle right there. Oh, big time. Uh, big time for them. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. And, and look, we know. It can, it can turn inwards, you know, if things aren't going well, the, the fans are not afraid to voice their opinion and get on the Eagles. So you, not only can you take that, you can flip it really, really uh, quickly um, with this. Tone, could you do me a favor? Can you grab, there's a couple of stills, I should have asked you this before the show, and I apologize, of the uh, the Kelly Green uniforms. Uh, Adam Schefter tweeted one out, which I thought looked pretty cool with the city skyline kind of in the background. So it, look, it looks pretty cool if you want to just grab that. But yeah, I, it's going to be a fun night. I mean, you think about the hype of this game. Just from a national perspective, two five and one teams going into a Sunday night game with as much as Miami's done so far this year, and the Eagles are, are the you know, defending oh, yeah. NFC champions. Oh, oh my goodness, this could be crazy, man! Check this out. That's oh, pretty cool, right? So you is. got Jalen, you got Dallas Goddard, Devontae, yeah. and Bradbury there. That looks, I like that. That's a good look. I I like that. Um, yeah. I love those gray pants with the green stripes. Yep. I like that. You know. You know me, I told you I'm not a big fan of the Kelly Green. I love the current uniforms with that black and green and green and white trim on it. But for a for a novelty for this game Sunday night, that's a great look right there. Yeah, it is. It pops. That green pops. And it, it I think it'll look especially good under the under the lights at night. You know, I, I think it I think that's gonna look really, really good uh for them. So that, that's gonna be a fun game. There's no question about that. All right, let's get a timeout. Let's yep. come back and Chris Franklin's gonna join us from NJ.com. We'll dive into all things Eagles. We'll ask him. What kind of role he thinks Julio Jones is going to play? I, I'll tell you what, Julio does not lack for confidence. And you hear some of the things he had to say yesterday? Oh, Man. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Still there. All right, we'll talk about that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take. All right, proaction restoration. You have a home, you have a business, you have a property, and you go through the pain and the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage to that property. You know how trying that can be. Proaction restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I've gone through it. I had it happen years ago at my parents' house. It was a Saturday. Their basement got flooded. I reached out to ProAction. They got right over there. They cleaned it up. The crew was professional, clean. The price was reasonable. They are licensed, bonded, and fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So whether it's water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, something else that you're not sure about or you feel like you can't handle, just reach out to them. Uh, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760. 
3760 or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, 
president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We're back. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We're hanging out with you. We are Sports Take. Uh, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. <clears throat> Always fun. Always fun chatting with our next guest. You can check him out on Twitter and slash X, uh, however however you want to go by. Uh, does an awesome job covering the birds for NJ.com. He is at C. Franklin News on Twitter, and that would be Chris Franklin. Chris, welcome what's to the show, up? man. How you been? Hey, what's up, guys? How you guys doing? Chris, good, all, all good, man. All good. Uh, I want to start with this one. First off, I love the fact Julio Jones has a lot of fire still left. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens on the field, but he was giving you, don't get it twisted, I'm here to dominate. And you know, people asking him how much he has left in the tank, and he said, let's revisit that question. He was uh, he was a little, a little feisty yesterday, huh? Yeah, I, I, I'm glad he didn't go, well, guys, I'm just happy to be around. <laughs> and Everything's fine. Yeah, he looks like he's really wanting to – he's looking to be a, a legit contributor in this offense. And – it's a wait and see, you know, it's a matter of how they're going to use them. I mean, with Quez Watkins out, you kind of look at him being the de facto slot guy and give you another option. And I think he can give you some stuff, especially they need some help in the red zone, as we all know. And you put him in down there, Hurts can use an option. I mean, he's only fast inside the 10-yard line. He's only completed 40% of his passes down there. So they, they need some help down there. I think that's where an area where he can really help out with them. Mm-hmm. Chris, do you think Quez Watkins will ever play another game for the Eagles? I think he'll play. I think, if anything, he may be the fourth or fifth option, like a four or five wide receiver thing. But I think what sealed his fate, I think, was that that a wide receiver screen. I think yeah. that really, truly sealed, sealed his fate. Because after that, I remember that he was running around in the back of the end zone and either didn't see him or didn't want to see him, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and then just went around somewhere else. But I think and it's big because it's a contract year for him. You think, this is the year where you're looking for him. He was looking to break out. and. It looks like he, the rate is going right now. It's like he's going to be doing that somewhere else. Yeah, mm. yeah I, I, I agree with you, Chris. That that like epitomized a lot of things. It, it felt sort of like Todd Pinkston, Pinkston-esque uh, a little bit did that play. I'm just saying. Uh, and we love Todd. <laughs> I'm just, just saying. Um, but, yeah, I mean, l- l- tell me, and, and hopefully Julio Jones can be somewhat of an answer here, but f- for your money, why do you think they've struggled so much this year in the red zone with very similar personnel? I think it's a couple of things. I think you look at the uh, predictability because you look at it first first down is always hand. It's, a, it's always seems like it's a run. It's like some type of sort of run. And I want to see a tendency breaker. This would be the best we could do. It's see it, use a tendency there, but go play action on first down because teams are going like, oh, well, we see Swift back there or Gable, what have you. All right, let's load the box and let's try to stop this. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. I look at some of the creativities like it just seems like okay, you got the same 
concepts going around here. And there's, I know there's not much you can do. You can't run a 40 yard thing because you only got that confined space. But, and then also, I think Jalen's just like, he, he, he it's tough saying that right now because he has the seven interceptions, but he wants to take care of the ball. And if this, the window's not wide enough open, he feels comfortable with it. He's just sitting and holding it back and trying to buy time running and scrambling around. So I think those are three main key, key components that are leading to the struggles in the red zone. Chris, do, do you do you find it surprising, especially in the red zone, how this offense does not use a lot of motion? We we talk about how many you look at the better offenses in the National Football League today from from this Miami team, the Kansas City, the Buffalo, and how they use motion to gain advantage in their defense. Not the Eagles; they don't run jet sweeps, they don't run reverse, no flea flickers, nothing. Yeah, and I thought overall, just using just as a whole, just using motion, even not just the red zone, but just overall to, to help hurts out. Because it's, it's even a little tiny motion, just see like see if a guy's going to cross. Well, that's a little indicator going to man or zone. Okay, that works out perfectly. I think you would think they want to do everything they could to help him out and with those pre-snap reads and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But looking at that, like when you see that, or, or or when you look at you have the speed, if you are going to use Quez Watkins if he was healthy, or if you use Devontae Smith or something like that, use something like that to just separate you create some separation because this is so many times when you look like you have. AJ Brown, you can move him, motion over one side. You got one on one, and then you try. If you're a defensive back, you're thinking, "Oh no, do I have to go back to a fade, or do I have to? Run, is he going to run a slant?" And it puts you in that bind. So, I wish they used a little bit more. It just it's not to nerd out on this. There's so much you can do in that red zone that you can do so much with it. And you just choose not to. Well, I mean, we didn't see. I, look, the offense operated at a really high level last year, so I, I get it. But sometimes you have to do that because you don't have much, right? But the Eagles do. But it just doesn't seem like that's something Nick is really a big fan of. I mean, because th- we didn't see it much with Shane Steichen, and we don't see it a lot with, you know, now with Brian Johnson. Is he just more into like fundamental? We're going to beat you with, you know, the basics here. And so it's a philosoph- it looks like it's a philosophical thing. And at a point, there, com- there comes a time and a point where teams are just going to go, okay, it's a philosophical thing. But we know not to expect that. So, yeah. all right, we're going to keep you in the box and say, all right, beat us. And, like if you continue to run and say if you were scoring touchdowns and you're getting a lot of rushing touchdowns and say a man on man going hi that's a that's a nice feathering cap saying yeah we can beat you but sometimes you gotta use a little more finesse instead of brute force. Hmm. You know, Chris, going back to what uh, Julio Jones says, he's I'm here to dominate. Um, we'll see. We'll revisit this question uh, about how much I have left in the tank. Can you imagine if he's the primary target for a couple of games and and, and all of a sudden AJ is relegated to two or three catches in a game. We've seen the animated discussions before on the sideline. Can you imagine the camera focusing in on A.J. Brown again on the sideline if he's kind of the forgotten entity in, in an offense? I don't see, I think that the, one of the key things with signing Julio, I think that kind of took away some of that because, you know, we, we've heard yesterday they referred to each other as brothers. You know, Julio called him his little brother, big brother. Now they're on the competitive spirit's going to start going like, you know what? Well, I'm not happening. I don't think, and I think to avoid another situation, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to make cognizant. The only guys I would look toward would be Devontae and Dallas. Yep. And Devontae seems like he's the guy that's kind of like, he's a lot a little bit. He's going to be that team player type guy. I mean, I thought it was interesting on Friday before that practice, you saw Howie Roseman's talking to Devontae for a very long time. Like, I want to say, well, for us for a long time, it was like about like five minutes during the stretching period where they're off to the side. It's one of those like, you usually see how we do that a little bit. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering. Did he have this in mind, starting to do this and see if he was cool with it? And obviously he's here. So I think when you look at it, I don't think it's going to get to that point per se. I also think they don't go through a stretch like they keep seeing you losing. But 
I think that's a key way. Having Julio here, as I said, somebody else, I think that goes a long way to try to pacify for something like that happening. Mm. Chris, let, let me ask you about the RPOs because it seems like there's less. It seems like there's less success. I mean, last year uh, the Eagles were were averaging about 88.1 per game off of RPOs, which was number one in the NFL. This year it's down to 46.3. That's, a, that's an ESPN stat. Is it in your opinion, is it lack of execution? Is it less willingness to run it to maybe keep Jalen healthy? Like what what do you think's going on there? I think first off, I think teams are starting to defend it a lot better. You see that, especially when they get the edge rusher and that backer towards that side, they start playing the little games going, oh, and you don't can't get a true read of what's going on. So you almost like feel like you have to force it in a way. So instead of trying to use that over and over again, I think they're trying to use other parts of the offense. And then coming back from time to time, they feel like they need to get into a rhythm. They'll go back and go to that way too. It's a It's really tough, I think, now. When that was your main play success, whether it be 17, you know, different coaching staff, whether it be now with this coaching staff, teams are no on to it and they're going to try to stop everything they can and do that. So and I think part of his execution, too, whenever they did and the times when they have gotten it done to either make the catch or you see bobbles and stuff like that happen. It's not the timing seems to be off. That's on a couple of those plays, too. So it's mm. it's a convoluted thing with that play. Chris, I know it's still too early to tell, but um, Lane Johnson told me earlier today that he's definitely in for this Sunday. But when you look at this MASH unit, give me your best gauge from what you're seeing and what you're hearing about who might be out of this game. It's a lot. I think one thing I know, I know Sydney's going to be in there. I mean, the, the Devontae thing kind of threw me out for a loop. That's one thing I'm looking for. Do we know when that happened, Chris? I'm still, I'm still waiting to hear that one because I, I, I'm looking at that one so I'm like, that just popped up out of nowhere. All right, yeah. what's going on that one too? So again, it gets give you a sense about like a I want to say like an hour where I'll find out when they take the field on that. But right. I look at that 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 secondary really worries me. I saw Reed in the locker room yesterday. I mean, he was in there. He was just he's there. I'm talking. That was before they had the walkthroughs, and we all know walkthroughs are just like glorified. Hey, we're running here. Yeah, I'll throw it this way. Yeah, so. I, th- I the fact that they added Josiah Scott has me a little worried about that yeah. secondary and that going against the Dolphins offense where you have to worry about the deep threat. I wouldn't be surprised if they put try to put Tyreek Hill on and try to exploit a matchup like that against him on the inside. Man, if he's in there, it's rough. Yeah, it, it is, man. There's a lot. There's a lot going on, man, with this team. Uh, you know for sure right now. They have been a very good. We were talking about this earlier. Bounce back team, Chris, especially when Jalen starts. Um, so, I mean, obviously there's that. There's also a defense, and Gunnar and I had a bit of a debate about this, how good Miami's defense is. You know, it, not special, let's put it that way. Uh, this should be a team you score someone. The question's going to be the other side. I get it. But you should be able to score some points here, no? They got two things going for them, I think. One is, I know they, they got the Vangio thing. They, they picked his brain, stuff like that. But two, they see this practice, they, they see this defense pretty much every day in practice or a variation of it, right. especially with Deshaun Desai being a disciple of Vic Vangio. And I look at that Denver Bronco game. I know it was different defensive coordinator Don Tell, but still Vangio and everybody else. And that was his that was his baby when it came to that. So there are ways to exploit that that especially with the matchup. It's really going to be imperative for Jalen to not only look off some of those for safeties, but pick apart that parts of the zone because there will be there will be openings in there. It is and not only that, getting yards after the catch. I mean, you could run, you could run on, you could probably run on this team. That's probably your best bet to do it. I think he still passes on as well too. But I don't foresee. I think this is a game where you start to set, use the pass to set up the run, get out early because you know it's probably going to be a shootout. 
take the ball early too. That's another thing. You hope if you win the toss, take the ball this time. This is one of those games where you take the ball and you start marching down the field and try to set the tone early. And and then if you're you got a late lead late, then you try to salt it with the run game. Yeah, I, th- this is a rarity where we're talking about trying to control the clock to keep the opposition's offense <laughs> off the field. Normally, we're talking about everybody trying to keep the Eagles' offense off the field. We haven't even talked about the fact that this is a team that's at a Chase Claypool. Now, we know his history from Pittsburgh to Chicago, but now he's getting a fresh start with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. That's another uh, X factor into the equation. I'd be shocked if he's not up for this game. He's been there over a week now, so I'd be shocked if they don't add him. And obviously, the Eagles don't have a lot of film on him with a, with the banged-up secondary, to, you know. Preparing for the unknown in this game is ridiculous. It is craziness. It, it, to, I'll start with this. That trade, I was shocked that Miami traded for him because of all the the, the, the talk of, you know, Chase wanting to be the main number one guy. How are you going to be the number one guy down there? Like, that ain't happening. That, there's no way that's happening in there. It, but as a slot, as a deep threat, yeah, you got to be cognizant of that. And if you get the wrong match, this is – and this is going to be a communication game. This is we hear so much about that the defense, especially that second. They talk about we need to communicate. We need to communicate. This is not the game that you start having those blown coverages that we've seen in the past, where you see, oh, I thought you turn them all over, and next you know you just see you chase or Tyree just going, hey guys, and pitch and catch, and you see him run away. I look at the way that they're running that, and, and I just look at that wide receiver core. It's going to be tough for the Eagles to stop. I think if you get Slay back, which I think is a good possibility, I think he's, I think he may be coming back. I think that helps out on the corners, but I still also still remember those joint practices down in Miami where my, my Dolphins receivers were getting the best of the Eagles of both Slay and Bradbury with that speed. So that I think that's cool. yeah, yeah, Devontae out there. Yep. Yeah, that was it was, it was those were some rough games. <laughs> those were rough practices. That well, that one practice at least anyway was one that canceled the other. But that, that that receiving that receiving game team is is craziness. How how much talent they have. Chris, do, do you think there's um, – I know they sort of defended it publicly, but do you think the the Eagles realized they probably got a lot of t- little too pass-heavy in that Jets game? Do you, do you think we see a correction into this week? And obviously it would it would make sense just, just from a strategical standpoint to try to keep Miami off the field, but do, do you think there was a lesson learned last week in that sense? The lesson I think it was learned was you need to uh, – next time if Jack Trish has to be out there, give him some help, yep. especially if you're playing a team like that because I – I don't disagree that you should have gone out and, and thrown against it because of Sauce. That, that, there's no excuse with Sauce Gardner being out, the top two cornerbacks being out. You should have been able to throw the ball on that one too. But when Lane left, you couldn't keep. You had to make some adjustments, either whether it be using Dallas Goddard to chip on his way out to his routes, or putting the running back out there to say, you know what, I don't care if we're bringing somebody over for a run game or a zone read, whatever. Hey, you just on the way out. No matter what, you take your you worry about that edge guy coming off that side and chipping him and going out for his pattern. So, if anything, I think that's the lesson that's learned when it came to that protection on the edge. Because I think after the first couple pressures, that would have been a time when, like, you know what, maybe we should get Jack some help. But they could have had some. They could have had a lot of. There's some openings there that it could have taken advantage of deep if if Hurts had some time in that pocket and pressure and where's the pressure. Mm. Um, you pretty confident Jalen Carter is going to be back in there this week? I think they were so. I think they weren't so uh, worried about that. I would be. I wouldn't be so. Especially last week. So the way he was walking around, and seeing him walking out of the locker room, it looked like it was affecting him that much. Getting that push off, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised seeing him that way. And if he is, maybe that's the way you get some disruption in the in the middle of that defense, in the middle of the offensive line. I would not be surprised. 
Chris, the, the, you know, there's a lot, there were a lot of issues last week. One of them wasn't necessarily the pass rush, you know, and we're seeing Hassan Reddick really come on post post cast, if you will. Uh, Sweat's been really good all year and, you know, Jordan Davis. And now if they get Carter, I mean, it, it, you would think, and I know how Miami gets it out quick and, and Tua's has hardly been sacked this year, but to me, that's where the game's won and lost. If you're, if, if you're getting to him, good things are going to happen here. You're not by, I mean, it's over. I mean, you, you are, you are done. So I think that's an area the Eagles have to feel pretty good about. No? Well, I'm sorry. It cut out a little bit. What was that again? Sorry, I couldn't hear. It's got to be an out. area they feel pretty good about, their defensive line going into Oh, yeah. Especially, yeah. Especially if you get the way you get the waves. And, and especially when you – I think they missed Carter. I, that's the way about I mean, he's still got some pressure on the inside, but the way that Carter was really rolling that week before, he was really – he, he, he was playing like one of, one of the best, if not the best defensive linemen in my opinion. And to have a guy who can shoot the gap the way he does and the way he's now after we game plan for, that does a lot freeing up. I mean, the fact we saw what Hassan Reddick was able to do without Jalen Carter on the field. Now imagine if you had him on there too. You saw the way Sweat Sweat was getting rush edges, rushers off the edges. So imagine if you had those those guys rolling. And I wish they would use more of the five man line. I really do, because that really does change a lot of things. The four man line, yeah, they can get pressure, they can get pressure on that. But that five man line basically on one on one and you don't know which and you you got Carter on this side, you got Reddick on that side. You can't slide that line either way. Like use it, use it more. Mm-hmm. Use it. Have you guys had a chance to talk to Mylotta about how inconsistent he's been this season? I haven't talked to I haven't talked to him as yet about that one too. But there's there's been times where he has been. I mean, you look at this, you look at him and the way he's played. He can be dominant. It's, I don't know. It's, it's when it comes to those really really quick pass rushes, they get and when they get inside of him. He seems to struggle at times with him. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a technical thing where he just has to work on it more and more and, and get more consistent on that, where he gets his hands out and they just get – they blow right past him. And by then, he's it's almost like he's dinosauring where it's like, okay, he can't get to it, and they get right by him. So I had a chance to talk to him about that, but it's, it's starting to pop up a little bit more and more. Mm. Chris, I don't mean last week, but are we a little bit too critical on this offense? Fifth in scoring, second in rushing, ninth in passing. or are our eyeballs not this deceiving us that this isn't this isn't a team that's built at least right now the way that they're playing to make a, a you know, really deep run? When it comes down to it, it all is about it's all about points, yeah. and you can move effectively from a twenty and twenty. But if you're seeing more Jake Elliott kicking threes instead of be, instead of him trying to kick extra points where because you score a touchdown, that's going to be an issue along. And that's why I think this is always going until they get that red zone fixed and until they get everything settled in. That's going to be continue to be the issue from here on out. Mm. Jalen Hurts talked about accountability after that Jets game. And you had a lot of the veterans talking about it's about accountability. You know, and Rob, Rob and I were talking earlier about this team has been so good in bounce back games, you know, and feeling good about the matchup in bounce back games. What kind of feeling, you know, based on everything we've just talked about, what kind of feeling do you have as we sit here right now about this team? Taking into consideration, they're nicked up. They're coming back off an embarrassing loss against the most lethal offense statistically in the NFL right now. Well, heading into this game, I thought this was well, – heading, well, heading, even before the season, I thought this would be the area where they get their first loss just because of the overall speed of Miami. So losing that Jets game beforehand was the one that really, to my, in my opinion, that just hurts you in so many ways. Not only does it hurt you 
when it comes to momentum wise, because now you're looking at two losses, it hurts you in the division now because you now you're you gave the Cowboys a game to get back in there. It hurts you in the conference because now we know how tight this conference is going to be now with the Lions now all of a sudden there, yeah. and we already was with the 49ers. Now you look for something like okay, so what a two team race for a one team now it's a three team race, and now you can go from one to three. So the whole domino effect of that thing plays into it, and then you just look over all the way they lost. I know they just talk about. They all looked to a man, and, and, and Nick didn't have to talk, and they say, you know, we're going to say this. I did this. It's almost like the old captain, my captain, and they, they had that moment, like, hey, I did this. No, I did this. I did this. Like, and it's good to see that you had a captain, and nobody was pointing fingers at the other people. But this is one of the things where I think that's going to be tested, especially after this game, because I I think the Dolphins, I just flat out think the Dolphins win this game. And that's where you start to really look at going into that follow week, because the man it is – it, that's when your leadership is going to really be tested from there on out. How uh, how good a job do you think the size doing? I mean, all things considered, with the injuries, um, you know, last week basically they gave up what twelve points to to, yeah. to the Jets. I mean, if he has some continuity, he's doing thus far. If he has some continuity, I think this defense will be a lot better, especially in the secondary, will be a lot better because that. I look at the way that he's been able to utilize some of those pieces. I mean, the fact that he's got Nick Morrow and Zach Cunningham. When Nicobe Dean was out, the way they played that, that high level and utilizing them in the right moments, I thought he's done very well with that. And it, guys, look for me, I always thought it was going to be a couple weeks to get you, especially with it's going you know, from system to system. It wasn't a drastic change from year to year, but going from system to system, I think that would be something where you're looking like, all right, you give them a little, a quick, uh, a quick play to try and see how they're going to adapt to it. But if they ever got everybody healthy. Which might be a while with Evans or, or everything else like that. If they actually got all their pieces together, maybe you make another a deal in Tennessee and, and buyer. Maybe you bring him in there. Yeah. I think that that changes the whole entire defense. And now I think you're better prepared to play the 49ers and who knows, maybe the Dolphins again, Chiefs, who have you in the Super Bowl. I can't imagine he doesn't make a move, Chris. I, I mean, I, and I don't just mean, you know, it's fine. They, they picked up Julio off the street. I mean, like, you know, a, a real guy who you can plug right in defensively and, and help right away. I think there's, I think there's something brewing. Uh, I, I truly do. And I was but buzzing around. I think that's when you look at, I wouldn't be surprised. It's the secondary too. I, I, whoever put that certain thing out, I, 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 that, that, that was the f- nothing, no comment, but yeah, that's the thing up. I do think there's going to be some uh, secondary help. They're going to look at that one too. And, I'd like to look at Tennessee. Maybe you go to New England and say bring back an old buddy in Jalen Mills. I, I do think there's a there's a secondary move that's coming out that that's going to be one of the things we look at the phone like, oh, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, I could say hey, who, who's uh is is Opeta going to be back? Well, I guess so. Opeta's back at right guard. Because, back. Yep. Um, Jurgen's still on IR, correct? Yep. Yes, it, correct. Yep. He's like, done a pretty good job. You know, he, he's yeah. Yeah. pretty yeah. solid. Yeah. He's been solid, and 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 I saw, we saw Cam again too. He's not, it's, it's funny because you see all these guys like I you can't you see him walking around, and he's boy he's progressing all right too. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's back when he's back. He'll be back at full speed when he's off of IR too. So yeah, you'll see Opeta, and you know with Lane being able to do that, I think that helps him out as well too. I mean for what for what he's been worth, for the job he's been asked to do in a pinch, I thought he's done a very solid job, and I and I think he's. To me, I think he's he's earned that backup guard spot from here on out, like this the swing guard spot from here, no matter what. How much do you think they're modeling this game off of what the Bills did? And Bills really had a lot of success against them and and, and contained them. The only time this season we've seen that, Chris. Yeah, I think they I think they took some parts of that too. But also look at that Bills back seven, like 
yeah, I kind of like that Bills back seven. <laughs> a little bit more right now than what we got on there. Good point, yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah. I look at that and I think, hey, you know what? I think you look at that. I think they'll take some elements of that and use it because, hey, it's been successful. Everybody's a cop. Everybody copies, copies on someone else. Like, I mean, we've seen the, their teams when it came to the Eagles after the Commanders last year. What happened? We saw teams starting to do the same type of type of game plan. So the Eagles will use some – I won't be surprised the Eagles will use some elements in that game and try to adapt to what they do best in order to try to get – to get some sets and limit that Dolphins offense. When you head down to Miami, you got to get that extra sound and fun. Oh, that's right. The game's here on Sunday. Yeah. You, you try to, this is, I had enough of Miami right now. I had enough of Miami. The last time, because I had a connecting flight when they had that Tampa game. Oh, yeah. I was in the Miami airport the whole entire day from about like eight, from about six in the morning all the way to four o'clock in the afternoon. Ooh. That's my, uh, you know what? Miami is like, it's, it's a trigger moment right now for that because they can't, they cancel the first of the two oh. connecting flights. So I'm, I'm triggered right now. They're in Miami, I'm like, I don't want to go in the airport. I don't want to go tough, to the airport. That's a tough airport. <laughs> I, don't, I don't love that airport. Let now. me ask you this. Then. Are you a big fan of the Kelly Greens? I like. I still, to me, it reminds me of when I first started growing up and watching this team from the area. So I still, and, and for me, I still remember it, it's one of the most random of areas, but some are all talk about is I forget what year, but it was the, it was the commanders, well, Redskins at the time and the Eagles. And they were marching down the field, and he kept hearing somewhere, the winner goes to the playoffs. And then the Eagles actually made that stop. When I was saying, Eric, somebody, somebody made a stop. I just remember that moment and seeing that. You remember the color of the jerseys. You remember the actual field, that horrible vet turf, the, 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 the <laughs> eagle in the middle of it with the four, the four lines because they had the Temple still playing there and going across. It, it just makes me remember those type of feelings That's of funny. this team. That's funny. Nice to see it uh, uh, all right, Chris, so you, you thinking this is a Dolphin game. Uh, is, is it a close one, or do you think the Dolphins run away with this thing? I think it's close, and then I think the Eagles try to have to throw in and, and try to get their way back in. And I think I, I got the Dolphins by seven. I think okay. it's gonna be one of those things. One of those things on that one. All right, Chris, great stuff, man. We, we can check you out nj.com, of course, and then you can follow mm-hmm. him on Twitter at c franklin news. Chris, thanks, man. Appreciate you. Hey, thank you guys. Appreciate. It. Thanks for having me on. All right, thank yeah. you very much. That is Chris Franklin. Always good insights there, Gunner from Chris. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I'll be honest with you. We'll and we'll give our predictions tomorrow, but um, kind of leaning the way Chris is leaning. I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to give it away yet because you know every day we talk about this game. Yeah, I go point counterpoint, this, that, and the other. Um, so I'm going to wait until the very last minute until you say, Gunner. What's your prediction? Because I keep going back and forth. So <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. All right. Let's uh let's come back. Let's do our set our sights on the NFL. We have a game tonight, Derek. Uh the Jags and the Saints. Key injury update, which we'll give you when we get back. Uh Devontae Adams, none too happy with his no. usage. Uh in the with the Raiders, a uh, bunch of other stuff to get into. Nicole Hardman is on the move again. Uh DK Metcalf won't change his ways. And uh, Giants, another injury, Gunner. What do you hear this one? So we'll dig into all that. And we do our quarterback power rankings. This is the entirety of the NFL. Quarterback this, this power is, this rankings. Is, this is tougher than any other time we've done a QB power ranking. It's very different it, it, Very different than what I thought it was going to be before the season started. I agree with you a thousand percent. Yep, yep. Some names because, I did not think I'd have on there. Yep. Because my number one and number twos, I, I didn't honestly think – well, I didn't think one of them would be on this top five. Yeah. I Like, I have people on there I didn't think would be on, and I'm shocked there are people that didn't make the list. But yes. um, we're just going off of what we're – you know, what we're saying. All right, yeah. let's uh, let's get a quickie in here. We'll come back, and we'll set our sights on the NFL. That's Derek Gunn. 
I'm Rob Ellis. We're hanging out with you on this Thursday. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. They are an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any, any tree problem that you may face. They are experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Uh, you go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267 261 3428. 267 261 3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. So, Gunner, the the latest on the uh, the ticket front out in Arizona. Yeah, Philly fans. Well, the other thing that's happening now is this is 
what maniacs Phillies fans are. So they're buying even people who aren't like people who are in Philadelphia right now, aren't don't have any intent to go to the game, fly out there and go to the game are buying tickets just to keep Arizona fans from being able to purchase the tickets. Come on, man. Come on, dude. <laughs> these are these are some real sickos, man. This is some this is some real stuff. This is next level uh, you know, bizarre behavior. But that's this what they're doing now. Our stuff, dude. That's that's a, one of the greatest fan ploys I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, oh my just God, man. <laughs> nuts. They're nuts. Love it. Yeah. I it's love it, man. You can Philly fans, I love you, man. That's awesome. Yeah, we are some 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 whacked out cats, that's for sure. Oh, um, all right, so tonight, Derek, we do a pretty good pretty good matchup here. Not great, but solid. Jaguars and the Saints. Uh, the big question going into the game, Trevor Lawrence and the health with that knee that he injured. Yes, I agree, 007. Yeah. Philly is ruthless, that's for sure. They are something else, Dank. They are something. Um, looks like Lawrence is going to play. Okay. Uh, Doug Peterson communicated a little bit earlier that he looks good. He feels good about him going. Uh, he hasn't missed a game uh, in his career. It, it's been an up and down year for him. It's been an up and down year for the Jags. Um, so both of these teams go into the game tonight. Let's start with Jacksonville. Um, they're at four and two. They've won three straight. And then New Orleans has been disappointing. They're three and three. Uh, they lost last week. Um, it has. Yeah, they haven't quite found their niche yet. Um, but Jacksonville. You know, it's it's a comp- it's not a good division, but it's a competitive division. You know, right now the Colts are three and three. The question is, you know, what's going to happen with them with with Anthony Richardson being done for the season? Right. Uh, Houston is certainly overachieved at three and three so far, and then uh, then there's the Titans who are, who are bringing up the rear at two and four. Um, it, it this is not a do or die game for either no. team, but it's a statement game. It, it's a statement game for both because. You know, Jacksonville has both the Colts and Texans one game behind them. And you look at the Saints, the Saints are tied with the Falcons. Our two teams are a half game behind Tampa Bay of all teams. Mm -hmm. So this is a statement game. The Saints have too much talent to be sitting there at three and three right now. And that's including when they were uh, had three games without Alvin Kamara. They have too much talent. For some reason, it just hasn't clicked yet for Derek Carr and that offense. They've got the weapons. The defense has played decent. You know, not as well as I thought it would, but it's played decent. Um, the, it looks like Jacksonville's hitting their stride. Nice. I mean, they have so much talent on offense. It's ridiculous. Um, so New Orleans, they, they've heard the, the media criticism. They need something to prove. Jacksonville has to maintain it, it, this role it's on right now. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a good competitive game, to be honest. you know, I do, too. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, let me see what the spread is on this one tonight. Just get engaged on what Vegas thinks. New Orleans minus two and a half at home. All right. I mean, it, it's a, it could go either either way kind yeah. of game. I'm going to lean towards New Orleans in this one. A little bit of a New Orleans feel. But I, it wouldn't surprise me if Jacksonville pulled off the win. Would not surprise me. I, I think the Saints D is going to come after Trevor just to test that knee, to see where he is with that knee. Um, you know, and Dennis Allen loves the blitz. He's not bashful about blitzing. Mm-hmm. But you got to match up against their receivers in one-on-one situations, as does as does Jacksonville with with uh, New Orleans collection of receivers. Um, I, I just I think the key is can New Orleans get pressure on Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I yeah. think that's a huge key. Uh, Devontae Adams unhappy with his targets. So Derek nine targets last two games, 
Six catches, just 74 yards, and zero touchdowns since week three. So uh, he he basically said, quote, I'm a human being and I have extremely high standards for myself in this offense. He went on to say, I'm sure people are thinking they won the game. Why is there an issue? I mean, you see why it's an issue. Y'all should know who I am. Know what I'm about at this point. When you're a player like me, mentally, my benchmark is not wins and losses. It's greatness. So when I go out there, I expect to be able to have that ability to put that on tape and have an influence on the game. That's my purpose for being here. I'm not just here to hang out. I came here to win and do it the right way. So you, you came here to win, but you're not really about wins and losses? Huh? Not sure what's going on there. It sounds a little bit Mimi, which me, me, me syndrome, which is surprising because that I've never heard never heard Devontae say something like that. I haven't said, either. He's always been yeah, very team oriented. Yeah. But but you're talking about a guy who's an easy consistent thousand yard receiver who easily catches a hundred balls a year. And I think it's spoken out of frustration, but the way it came out of his mouth, he's putting himself first before the team. And that doesn't bode well in the locker room, you know, that kind of stuff. But let's face it, that offense should run through him because of what he's capable of doing. Now he not even close to the fastest receiver in the game, but there's no better route runner in the game. There's a reason why this dude's always wide open. Right. You know, because of the deceptive routes he runs, he is the best of the best at that. But to put himself on a single high pedestal, it's not a good look in the locker room and you're considered to be a leader and openly, basically you're openly criticizing the head coach. The head coach has enough problems as it is, and your star receiver indirectly is opening criticizing you. Uh, I said this to you in tone, I think, in the uh, pre-show meeting. I, um, I don't think Josh McDaniels is a head coach in that league. I think he falls under that category that a lot of guys fall under where they're, they're good coordinators. Although I don't even know if I'm a hundred percent sure about that. I mean, he, he was great with Tom Brady. A lot of people yeah. could be great with Tom Brady, um, yeah. but he don't look like a head coach to me. And I, that team looks like a, a, yet another year. They're going to fall short of the playoffs. Well, he came into a situation with a, a team that has the talent. You just needed, you just needed somebody to drive the bus and he can't stay on the right side of the road with the way these games have been going for this team all season long. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, I think if they fail this year, he could be out of a job after this season, to be honest. Oh, I think he is. I, they don't make the playoffs. I think he's gone. They, they need to figure things out. Like yeah. what's the long-term deal with the quarterback position? It's yeah. not Jimmy G. No. You know, and, and I, I would assume if they don't make the playoffs and Devante's output is continues to look similar, he's going to want out. And, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I, and especially now that his buddy Derek Carr is gone. Um, right. And I will, also, I will also add this. If if Josh McDaniels gets fired this year, he'll get an offensive coordinator job immediately. I agree with that. He might go back to New England. Uh, for if, a third if Belichick's time. still there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for a third time. Uh, Belichick, I can't wait to see this Belichick story unfold. I think this is going to come out. We've met, we've, we've come to a meeting in the minds as best in our best interest to go our separate ways. Yep. Yeah, and I could see Kraft saying, "Look, I, I, you know, there's, there's no question he's the greatest coach, arguably ever, certainly in franchise history. What he did was unprecedented to do it for 20 years. Blah 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 blah. He's going to give you all that, but I agree with you. I think it, it we're staring down the, uh, the barrel of a, a mutually agreed upon uh, walk by Belichick. I mean, they're, they're one in five with no end in sight, Derek. I mean, it doesn't. You don't see a turnaround here. They're zero and three at home." 
one and two on the road. You know, it just it doesn't appear that Mac Jones has progressed, even with um, Bill O'Brien stepping in there. I mean, he's got five touchdowns, seven interceptions, a 74 passer rating. It, it, that's a mess. They don't run the ball particularly well. Um, yeah. you, you know, and there's not, you know, they have okay guys. The Kendrick Bourne, that's solid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, good, decent tight ends, Henry and Gasecki, but they're not, yeah. it's not a good team. No. And this will not sit well with Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft is used to being in a limelight, used to having his team play consistently in primetime games, used to being talked about as a, a, a playoff threat. And a couple of years of this is probably getting under his skin. And I'm sure his blood's boiling after watching his team start off one and five like this. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing media leaks up there about Robert Kraft and Belichick had a heated discussion behind closed doors or in a tunnel or somewhere like that. I can see I can see that that kind of stuff coming. If that happens, that's the beginning of the end for Belichick in New England. Because number one, Belichick's not going to put up with that. Number two, Robert Kraft is going to want to go in a different direction, real hurry in, in, I, in a big hurry. I think you're right. I definitely yeah. think you're right. Uh, Mikol Hardman goes back to Andy Reid and Kansas City. Um, he Jets made the move to get him in the offseason. He, he did, it just didn't work out, um, you know, whether that was the losing Aaron Rodgers, whatever. But the Chiefs are sending a 2025 sixth rounder to the Jets for Hardman and a 2025 seventh rounder. So the Jets are giving, uh, sending Hardman in a 2025 seventh rounder. Chiefs give up a 2025 sixth rounder. So he hasn't done much this year. Um, he's going to join the group where it's Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, Kadarius, Tony, Sky Moore, and now Hardman. Um, you know, you cannot have great, great standouts and still win if you have a special talent like Mahomes. But if you're yeah. Mac Jones – you're not winning with with no. not having some really really good players. No. Now, that's for sure. Well, you you, um, you you look at it like this. In some ways, it's surprising that Kansas City is sitting here with only one loss. Yeah. Uh, the the leading receiver is rookie Rashi Rice with get this twenty eight catches, two hundred forty five yards, two touchdowns. Oof. Okay. Now this collection of receivers: Marquez Valdez Scanling, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, who they were really high on. Sky Moore. Those three combined, combined, 35 catches, 353 yards, two touchdowns. That's not a Kansas City offense we're accustomed to seeing. Yeah. Okay. Now, Miko Hartman stretches the field for him. He's he's He can jet. He stretches the field for him. He goes back to a situation, already knows the offense. Good move by Kansas City to spread, try to spread the field a little oh, bit yeah. more. Now, obviously, Travis is a focal point. Yeah. But you get Miko back in there, especially with the running game that they have, that spreads that feel a little bit more for Patrick Mahomes to do some of the special stuff he does. Yeah, and, and you're going to plug him right in. He knows the system, Heck too. Yes. That's a quickie. Oh, yes. That's a quickie. Um, DK Metcalf says he's not going to change the way he plays. So he's up to, you know, five penalties for a wide receiver is a lot. You know, you're going to get penalties at, at cornerback, right? You're going to get a pass interference. You're going to get defensive holding. You're going to get uh, offensive linemen called for holds. That stuff's going to happen. A receiver with five penalties is a lot through six games. And yeah. a lot of them are the personal foul variety where he yeah. gets into it with a guy, he's the retaliator, you know, whatever. And even Pete Carroll, you know, publicly said we, he's got to cut back on this, but he's DK's now digging in. I'm not changing the way I'm playing, is what he's saying. Uh, okay, so now it's going to come down to push comes to shove. 
because he's basically told Pete Carroll, you can flap your gums all you want. I'm going to be who I am. Um, this dude has had an unnecessary roughness penalty, yep. a face mask penalty, a taunting penalty, as well as a holding. Now, holding penalties for wide receivers is not out of the norm. Yep. But the other three, and, you know, if you if you watch DK and you see highlights of him, you know, I've seen highlights of him where, where, where DBs have come up and have tried to, to separate him from the ball, and you see the DB fall on the ground is laying there and he stands up. I told you, man, you got to do better than that. You're going to play against me. I mean, he takes pride in his physicality. When you look at him physically, his upper body physique is ridiculous. Oh, he, he, he is, he might be the most ripped guy in the league. You're, I, uh, you're right. He, he might be this dude. You're talking about built like a, a V. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, and he takes pride in that physicality and I'm sure DB's trying to take him out of his game mentally and he bites every time for it and says, you know what? I'm not changing who I am. Yeah. And now from a coaching perspective, I'm on Pete Carroll. I got to have another closed door discussion with him. I got to, I got to talk to him, but are you not going to put DK Metcalf on the field? No, I, I, let's face it. If we know anything, it is just tough dealing with receivers. Yeah. I mean, they're either never happy. They're going to do it. They're, it is, I, it might be the toughest position in the NFL to deal with uh, well, of any of them. That's why they call them divas, you know. Holy crud! Yeah, you know, you got to nurture them. You got to feed them the ball. If they don't get the ball enough, they pout. You know, um, you're right. I, I think when we talk about coaches nowadays, need 53 individual psychologists for today's players. It starts with the wide receivers. I agree. Um, all right, so it looks like this has been the great mystery in Cleveland. Deshaun Watson is going to throw a little bit at practice today, so that that doesn't mean he's playing but he's going to throw a little bit. His status is, quote, up in the air to play against the Colts on Sunday. He's dealing with an MRI revealed a micro tear, which is a minor tear in the rotator cuff muscle. Um, and that's where things are right now with him. Okay, so so the uh, the, the machine reveals a, a small tear, yeah. which can cause discomfort, let's face it, but he was cleared by the medical staff. That so he was, he was, he was cleared. So his statement yeah. was, uh, we just got to continue to take it day to day. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to put the team in jeopardy if I can't do certain things that is going to allow us to be handicapped in certain situations. That's the reason why I haven't been able to step on the field. Okay. And, and I'm going to take him for his word because yep. Cleveland's coming off a huge momentum win against yeah. the 49ers. Yep. Your starting quarterback normally would say, I got to get back out there with my guys. And if Deshaun Watson says, look, I'm not ready yet, and I don't want to put this team at it, I got to take him for his word. We all know that a lot of times medical medical people will clear players because upstairs says, man, we need, you got to get this dude back on the field. We need him right. on the field. Right. Deshaun Watson says, I'm going to protect myself from further damage. Mm -hmm. I want to be here for the long haul. Cleveland's in a great spot right now. Oh, if they keep time. playing the way they played after this 49ers game, Watch out for the Browns. I like, yeah, I like what's going on there. I, their defense is ferocious, man. Too. Oh, um, interesting enough, we talked about this a little bit earlier with Vic Fangio, who's now the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins. Yeah. So he was quoted in the Palm Beach Post. You know, they were asked him basically, "Who's got the advantage here? You know, is it you? Is it the Eagles? Because you guys know each other pretty well." And he said, yeah. "Quote." I was giving them more information than they were giving me. If there's an advantage, it's in their favor. So, in other words, he was giving them all the tricks of the trade there, uh, you know, going into that Super Bowl. So, he feels like, 
you know, who knows how much posturing this is, but he feels like he gave them more than, than, you know, the Eagles gave him. So, all right. There's no way you can tell me that he spent the volume of time that he spent with the Eagles and wasn't paying attention to that offense and how they run things and looking at the pluses and minuses of, of players on that Eagles offense. I understand what his purpose was there for. There's no way on, on this planet you can tell me he didn't have his own little dossier of the pluses and minuses of these Eagles players. Yeah, good point. Offensively. so yeah, I agree with you. Uh, good point. All right, so the Giants, Derek, this is just what they need. Uh, they announced Thursday that their starting guard, Shane Lemieux, no. has been placed on the injured reserve after suffering a torn biceps. Oh, geez. Yeah, he was a fifth rounder in 2020. Uh, blah, 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 appeared in, anyway, he started, he started the last game. Uh, but he's he's now on the injured uh, list. They're going to bring Sean Harlow off of the Cowboys practice squad uh, to join the team. They're, they're doomed this year. I mean, let's just call it what it is. They're, they're, the Giants are just doomed. You, you think the Eagles have problems? Yeah. This team has health issues on top of health issues. If I'm Daniel Jones, I'm turning to Tyrod Taylor. I mean, how you feel this week? Right. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I just I can't make it, man. I just I can't make it. Yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you, bro. It's on you. This is you this week. Yeah. Tyrod's like, how much is my insurance policy? <laughs> yeah, I know. Listen, I got you. I got you, man. Uh, and Bucks, who are the Giants playing this week? Uh, who are the Giants playing this week? All right. So the Giants this week are playing Washington. They're home against Washington. They have uh, their upcoming schedule is. Home against Washington, home against the Jets at Las Vegas. That's bad. That's bad news. Bad news for the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the good thing, here's the only positive. They've already gotten one Dallas game, San Fran, Seattle, Miami, and Buffalo out of the way, at least. Okay. That's all I can give you on the positive front from, from a Giants perspective. Uh, Vita Vea. May not be able to go. Uh, he was he was uh, out yesterday, still not practicing today. So his availability against the Falcons in doubt. He's off to a very good start. 19 tackles, three and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. This guy's a force um, in the middle there, but he may not be good to go. Because mm. you start getting to Thursday, as we mentioned, it gets a little bit tougher, you know, mm. in a lot of cases. So he can't, uh, he's not practicing today. Mm. Uh, James Harden. Not at practice today either, Derek. Shockingly. Ooh, ooh. He's away from the team on a personal matter, according to the club. Yeah, yeah he, in the, he in that personal club he hangs out with down in Houston. <laughs> That's where he is. You know, and 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 and, and, and now the you know, rumors are coming out he's got some special disruption coming for him if they don't abide by his wishes still. Yep. Hey man. He's got the he's got the Sixers over a barrel right now. Yeah, and he's screwing it up because he won't keep his mouth closed. Yes, I Man, agree with you. you know what? If if the Sixers can't move him, I would tell him to stay home. To be honest, yeah, I think uh, it's the the distraction is less if he's not there. Now, if they tell him to stay home, do they have to pay him? That's thirty five plus million you're talking about. It, I would assume if they tell him to stay home, yes, I would assume that that's the case. He's Tell me to stay home for $35 million. <laughs> you, yeah, won't see, you won't see me on social media platform. I'm not answering phone calls, nothing. Yeah, I know. You have trouble tracking <laughs> me down as well. 
You would. All right, let's do our uh, our NFL QB rankings. The gun. Oh, we do man. the entirety of the league, not just the NFC, not just the AFC. It's both. Oh, a little man. combo. I here's what I had a hard time with. Yeah. I went back and forth between just what we've seen through six games. Simply said, yep. And a little bit on reputation and history. A little bit. Um, I, based I would say the, I based everything on here and now. Okay. I'm I'm only guilty of that really with one guy, I think, where it wasn't totally specifically about right now. So all right, we'll see. I'm I'm curious where we both are with this. And we and we all as we said earlier, neither of us has Jalen Hurts on our list. And nope. I think rightfully so. Yep. Nope. Okay. All right. You want me to go first? Absolutely, because I want to hear what you have to say because again, I want to see if we're close. There is no way I'm willing to bet. There is no way we have all five of the same quarterbacks and definitely not all in the same order. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'll go first. Uh, Josh Allen is my number five of the Buffalo Bills. Okay. My number four is Brock Purdy. (laughs) No, wait. Keep my hands up here so you see. You can't see I'm not doing anything. Okay. Okay. Three is Jared Goff. Okay. Two is Patrick Mahomes. Okay. One is Tua Tungavailoa. Dude, we got all five of the same quarterbacks. <laughs> this, we don't. I'm, we never ever ever share this or talk no, about it. No. Ever. Now here's the only difference. Here's the only difference. I have Josh Allen five. Yeah. I have Purdy four. Yep. Mahomes three. Golf two two a one. Okay, so our only differences are what two and three. Golf is golf. Yeah, yeah. Flipping those two. Yeah. Okay. Dude, okay. are you serious? Well, really? per, well, I see people reacting to Purdy. He had, look at his numbers. His numbers are ridiculous. Now he didn't have a great game in Cleveland, no doubt, no. Um, by any stretch. But this isn't. Um, this is about what we've seen thus far. Yes. Thus far, if you look at Purdy's stats, they're 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 far superior. Although they both have the same record, but they're better. They're better than Jalen's. They just are. And, and people are forgetting. We said through six weeks of this season, we didn't say overall. It's not last year right? No. Or, or what we think it's going to be by no. the end of the year. It's based no. off of the here no. and now. It's based off of the first six weeks of the season. Now, the reason uh, JM puts two uh, puts uh, Cousins on his list, here's who I did not put on the list. Russell Wilson has 12 touchdowns and four interceptions, yep. completing 66% of his passes. Russell Wilson is not putting his team in a winning position. Trevor Lawrence is seven touchdowns, three INT, 67%. Seven touchdowns, that's pedestrian. Mm-hmm. Um, I put Brock Purdy on the list. The man has 10 touchdowns and only one turnover this entire season, one interception the entire season. And on top of that, he's completing 68% of his passes. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't say we're not saying best overall quarterback because of skill level. We said through, we got to emphasize, we got to keep emphasizing this because people ain't listening, man. Through the first six weeks of this season, period. That's it. Yeah. Just the I, first six weeks. Yeah, and if you look at what two is doing, there isn't any question, right? First oh, of all, no question. Uh, Mahomes has his picks are up a little bit, but his numbers are still really good, and the offense is still really effective with him. Plus, look at who he's throwing to. Right. Other than Travis, it's it's a bunch of guys. You yes. Know? Um, don't sleep on Goff. I, I mean, I, I keep saying this you know, about this guy. And I get it. I know what it looked like at the end with the Rams, but Detroit Goff is much different than LA Goff. And 
this season, they got first of all, the guy's 13 and four in his last 17 games. Yes. This season, he's completing basically 70% of his passes yep. for over 1,600 yards, 11 touchdowns, three picks, and a 105.1 passer rating. And his team's five and one. So yep. say what you want about him. He's playing very good football for them. Absolutely. The five quarterbacks on my list, Tua, 71.7% completion. Golf, 69.5. Purdy, 67.5. Mahomes, 68.3 with that pedestrian crew he has. And Josh Allen, 71.7. Hard to argue with that. Through well, six games. And, and the other with. thing is, I, I, I think Paul's putting his MVPs up. This isn't our MVPs. This There's is quarterback rankings um one through five and i'll stand by it you know and 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 jalen uh could certainly get back into it but absolutely he's not on the list for me not 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 right now seven touchdowns seven interceptions now granted all those interceptions weren't his fault but unfortunately like the interception uh where it it, it, uh goddard got it ripped off his hands it ricochets right into the hands of quentin williams i mean that's not fair should be ruled a fumble but by the letter of the law, it's an interception. Yeah. You know, yeah. and a lot of quarterbacks get those fluke interceptions, and it's an interception. So so, so right now, Jalen Hurts, seven, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions, can't be on the list as of six weeks today. Mm-hmm. You cannot. Absolutely. All right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. We'll hit a bunch of things uh, when we come back. Coach Billy Crocker is going to join us from Eastern University. We'll talk to him about his team's big win. Uh, We will swing it back to the ALCS, Derek, last night with the Astros taking it. Uh, Back-to-backs for for the Las Vegas Aces. We'll get some birthdays, movies, Phillies prediction for this game three. So don't go anywhere. A lot more in store. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. We'll be right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, so that E-A-G-L-E-S could apply to the Philadelphia Eagles, but it could also apply to the Eastern University Eagles, who came up with a big, big win last Saturday night. And joining us as he does each and every Thursday is the head football coach at Eastern U. That is Billy Crocker. Coach, congrats, first of all. Look at that smile. Look at that. Oh, he's muted. You're muted, coach. That's push-ups right there, man. There we go. Gotcha. Um Look at that smile. No, I it. it was great. Um, felt good to uh, to get to get another one, uh, which was nice. And uh, at at Franklin Field again. Um, so we're we're two and one at Franklin Field, which is pretty awesome. Nice, Coach. Th- this is. I was joking with Rob in our pre-show meeting when I looked at your stat line for the game. This is the one of the most unusual winning stat lines I- I've ever seen. <laughs> your quarterback, three for ten. But he had two touchdown passes of 44 and 42 oh, yards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's efficiency, like, Derek. That's what we call that efficiency. That's what you call efficiency at its finest, man. That's right. Yeah, it was another wet game. Um, as you guys know, it was raining pretty good Saturday evening. So we were, uh, we're, we're getting a little bit better in the rain, I guess. And ironically enough, it's supposed to rain up in Wilkes-Barre on uh, Saturday afternoon again. So. Hey, man, you, you're the rain man. That's a yard. Um, no, but we, you know, we went in, uh, you know, to, to run the ball a little bit and that's what we wanted to do and, um, and, and take the shots when they were there and hit the big plays when they presented themselves. And and that's what we did, um, you know, and, uh, hit a couple big ones. And, and that's where I think our strength is, is to, you know, hit those big plays on the perimeter. Cause the, you know, that's where I think, you know, I think we have some talent. So, um, we were able to do that. We only ran about 40 offensive plays, believe it or not. Um, 43? Yeah, yeah. So um, it was good. Our defense played very well, um, very well outstanding. And um, our offense was able to put some points on the board. Yeah, yeah. You, you held them to 158 total yards. Yeah. I mean, you got to be thrilled with that number. Yeah, defense was – they were good. They all, and honestly, they kind of took that attitude where it was like, Okay, you know, I think they had about 16 first downs and and seven of them were on penalties. Um, Is that right? Yeah, we were a little undisciplined. It was our highest penalized game. We had had 13 penalties in the game. Some of them were, you know, iffy, and, and, you know, I I let them know about it a little bit. But, um, you know, it was – you want to see that cleaned up, you know, because we gave them some opportunities they really shouldn't have had, um, you know. But uh, the kids battled, um, you know, and and we finished it off, which was the most impressive thing. And, 
you know, we almost had to punt again at the end. And um, I said, we got to get this. And and they, they kind of buckled down and got the last first down and we could need the game out from there. Nice. Go, Coach, give me some insight on your quarterback, Brett. Now. I'm, I'm looking – he had 21 carries? Yeah. So, you know, some of them were – you know, we, we struggled. Uh, we struggled. If you look at our stat line, we had 129 yards rushing yeah. that we gained. Yes. We, only netted, we only netted about 44. Yeah. Um, our, our young center got, got the yips a little bit, um, and he was a little bit all over the place. Um and we had some really bad snaps uh, throughout the game, and and Brett was he he was doing his his best, uh, you know, Trey Turner impersonation uh, throughout the game, you know, grabbed a lot of them, missed some of them, right? Um, um, but he um he did a great job fielding them, so we lost a lot of yards uh, with some bad snaps, and but Brett, so some of those carries to your question were were some of yep. those just got credit to him, okay. uh, you know. But Brett was with us last year. Um, and he's just one of those kids. It's not real pretty. Um, doesn't throw it real pretty. Um, but he's just one of those guys that gets into a game and and can make some things happen. You know, it. You know, when when the lights are on. So what do you do when a kid gets the yips like that? Is it, it you know, do you have to walk that fine line between like really getting on him and like, dude, we need you here, versus kind of patting him on the rear end and hey, man, it's going to be all right. Like, how do you handle that? It's a little bit of both. You know what I mean? You, you kind of say, I think to me, we, we we got on him pretty hard early. Like, hey, dude, come yeah. on. We can't we can't continue to do this stuff. Yeah. And then it was, all right, we need him. So let's not yeah. bury him. And then at some point I, I yanked him and, yeah. and we put another kid in who um, who did a good job, came in, and he, he played the whole fourth quarter for us and just did great snaps and was good enough in the blocking, you know, the blocking schemes to for us to finish the game. Mm-hmm. Coach, I think you guys need to change your nickname from the Eagles to the Mudders because every week you guys are waiting in mud left and right to just get through the game. I've never seen a team play so many consistent rain games before. How many have there been this year in the rain? What's that? How many uh, there's been, of our six, four have been Jeez. wet, wet weather. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, our, our long snapper, he's like, he's, 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 he gets like anxiety. Um, he's like, you know, but he, he snapped, he snapped great the other night. He snapped phenomenal, uh, which was great. Tell me but, about, uh, I, I'm, if I'm mispronouncing the first name, Nasik Smith. Yep. It, it seems yeah. he's kind of, kind of coming on for you. Here. He is. Yeah. Nasik's a talented kid. He, um, he's actually a Philly kid. Um, so he's local, uh, which was great. Um, he actually started his career at Wilkes university, um, you know, about a year or so ago, transferred to us, um, you know, some, a lot of the connections that we have locally. And um, as soon as he got on, you know, preseason camp, we knew there was something there. Um, yeah. And he's, he's been on the field for us all year. And I'm glad we've kind of finally been able to, to, to find him and get him the ball where he can do some things with it. Now, he, will you, uh, will you mine that field since he knows that system pretty good with considering who you have next week? Yeah. Or this no, week you have Kansas. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he's, <laughs> he's been up that way, you know what I mean? A little bit, but uh, no, I, I just think he's one of, you know, four or five guys we have on the perimeter that I think can really can really break the game for us. You know yeah. what I mean? And he was able to do that. And I tell the guys all the time. I think what was great to see was how many guys were were happy for him and and for anyone else who has success. Instead of sort of, you know, kind of being like, oh, I wish it was me or whatever that may be. It was there was genuine happiness for for like him having, you know, the chance to have two touchdowns in one game, which is pretty awesome. Coach, every week you have talked to us about the ups and downs and trials and tribulations of what you've gone through. 
but have you also seen some of that growth overall that you've talked about at the beginning of the season? Has that, And if so, has that growth been right where you thought it would be, a little bit ahead of the curve or a little behind the curve? No, I, I still think it's ahead of the curve. Um, I, I just, okay. you know, we were, we were picked to finish last. Um, mathematically, we can't finish last now pretty much. So um, from that standpoint, I think it's great. Um, you know, but you know, I think one thing that I really stuck out to me the other night was, um, it was 21 to nine. It's not like it was, the game was out of reach from them. And, you know, they made a quarterback switch to a kid who could throw the ball a little bit better. And, you know, we started sputtering again on offense at times. And, you know, sometimes when you have a young, young team like we do, you start to see panic um, and things start to sort of derail and snowball. And and our guys did not let that happen. And I thought there were some opportunities for that to happen. Um, like we returned a punt, um, Justin, um, you know, who was on the show the uh, last Thursday yeah, night. Yeah, we had, we had, we had Coach and, and yep. three of the players on our, our show last week yep. from Screwballs, yeah. And, and Justin was on there and he, he returned a punt which he should have scored, um, but he got tackled at the five or the four. Right. Well, it was one of those where he was going down, the guy from behind. And I, he was down. I'm, I'm yeah. going. He was down. You know, I doubt I'm going to get fined from the Mac. But, um, you know, he was down. Um, his knee was down. But the, they called it out. And certainly we have no replay, you know, at Division three. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they got the ball. And that would have put the game out of reach. It would have put okay. a nail in it. And, you know, our, our as soon as they said their ball, our defense ran on the field. Like, mm. who cares? Doesn't mm. coach, doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Don't even argue it. We got it. We'll get the ball back. Right. And they did. You that's know awesome. I mean? So, um, and that's the kind of attitude going to your point, Derek, that is really nice to see in a, in a young group. All three guys who were on the show really contributed. I saw Nick contributed, yep. your, your tight end and I, and or your receiver and the, and the yep. other two guys. Played very, very well. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, Josh yeah. played well. We had some Wildcat stuff in for him. Um, he had a good couple of good kick returns. And yep. and Deshaun was was our leading tackler. And, and after the weekend, is still leading our conference in tackles. Awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Now, yeah. uh, Kings is a step up from yes, it is. the last yep. opponent. No disrespect yeah. to Albright. But this, no is a, this is a tough team. This is one of the premier teams in the conference, correct? Yeah, it is. They're five and one uh, right now. They're 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 in the mix to, to hope to battle for the league. Um, you know, so they're good. I mean, again, across the board, it's, you know, they're big up front on both sides, loaded with juniors and seniors and some grad students, you know, um, quarterbacks, a senior, um, you know, so again, a lot of experience that we're going to go against a lot of, you know, physicality um, that we're going to have to face that, you know, again, we, we, we don't have right now, but, you know, again, I don't think, you know, the thing we keep selling our kids is, you know, uh, you know, Delval beat them 28, nothing. And, you know, we hung in a little bit better than that against those guys. So it's, you know, you try to compare, you know, try to try to give your guys anything you can give them, you know, from a confidence standpoint to say, hey, we can we can play with these guys. No, no problem. Yeah. And this game's on the road and you, you can yeah. listen to, to any of the games. AM 990 and, of course, all the uh, Jacob platforms. Gunnar, did yeah. you have one more for coach before we. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, this this Kings quarterback, I'm looking at this Braden Bohannon seems like to be this dual threat, you know. He, you know, he 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 had 26 carries in their last mm-hmm. game against Mount Valley. Um, you know, passing wise, how, how, what do you tell your guys in terms of how you want to try to? And you don't want to give away secrets, but yep. how you want to try to defend a guy like this who seems to be as well first, uh, well versed tucking and running as he is putting it up in the air. Yeah, I, I think it just goes back to my philosophy overall: is we got to stop the run. You know, if if we don't stop yeah. the run, then all none of it matters to me. Um, yeah. 
I'm just, maybe it's just my, you know, sort of my, my makeup is I just don't want to ever let somebody run the ball on us. Um, and that way I think if we can limit the run game, especially with him, cause that's what they want to do. I mean, he's, he's not your typical dual threat where you're like scared. He's going to run by you. He's 240 pounds. Um, so, so he's more of a fullback running um, than he is, you know, one of the, one of the athletic guys, but he, certainly athletic um you know but i think if we can do a great job in the run game and force them to throw when we want them to throw it, it makes the game a little bit more one-dimensional which which will help our guys i think yeah uh, let's let everybody know that what's left on the schedule here uh of course we got kings this week and then you're back home uh this will be the last home game yep. coach on the 28th a week from saturday against fairly dickinson and then you close it out with widener and Stevenson, of course. So uh, you will get a chance to catch the guys one more time. Is that a night game or a day game? No, it's a, it's a one o'clock kick um, okay. at Franklin Field, which is going to be awesome. Um, you know, uh, we're looking forward to, you know, again, a day game. So Yeah, very cool. That's great. Yeah. That's great. All right. Well, listen, all the best. We're going to talk to you next week, and hopefully we'll be talking about another win. Absolutely. Yeah, good luck, good luck. I appreciate right, it. Go you get it. Just so you guys know, we're ending practice um, a little early today, um, you know, so we can make first pitch. So. My bad. That's a go. good move, Coach. That's that a man a with his priorities in order. Exactly right. right. If I don't do it, I'm going to lose half my coaching staff. You know I mean? <laughs> or, the, or they're going to be checking their phone and seeing what's going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, while they're seriously. Out there. Yeah, seriously. Coach, listen, good uh, luck. We appreciate you. Good always, right, always thanks, talking. Thanks, guys. Thank See you later. Take care, Take care. Uh, Gunner, let me update you on a couple things here. Um, Lane Johnson at practice today. As yep. You're backing up what you, you know what you said earlier that he, you, he told you he was going to play. Uh, Devontae Smith is back at practice good sign mm. Darius Slay is at practice so that's three big ones so Lane Devante and Slay all at practice today still no Reed Blankenship uh out with that rib that that one I don't that's know about that one. one yeah that's a big one yeah I don't, I don't have a good feeling there on that one I gotta tell you let's see you have Justin Evans still on IR right Brink Blankenship with the ribs uh Bradley Roby with the shoulder that's right you just signed Josiah Scott off the street. Okay. Well, all right then. Yeah. You know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Against what you have coming in here. It's a little troubling uh, to say the least. It's a little bit troubling. All right. Uh, a couple other things going on here. And by the way, they're practicing in the, uh, in the Kelly green helmets. So it's kind of interesting to, to see out there. Yeah. With what's going on. Um, all right. So, um, the Astros, as we mentioned, they won last night. So they cut the ALCS to two games to one. Um, they will play again tonight. Uh, they will be after the Phillies gunner. They're the eight o'clock start. Um, and if they could tie it up, man. So that was, you know, all things considered, um, it, it looked like they might get run out of the building here. So for them to jump on the Rangers early, they jumped on Scherzer early. Yeah, who hadn't yeah. pitched in a while. Um, so they they end up cutting it to two to one. We'll see how that goes. WNBA Las Vegas wins the 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 title. Uh, it is back to back wins for Las Vegas. They beat the New York Liberty uh, last night. They've they did the owners Mark Davis. There's video of Mark Davis out there dancing with them after they won. Oh my God! Whoa! Was it bad? Was it as bad? Was it as bad as the Rob Ellis gritty? It's close. It's in the ballpark. Yeah, it's in the ballpark. He's got that that bowl haircut. I, I don't know what's going on there, man. For, for for a man who has millions and millions of dollars, you mean to tell me 
you can't get a better hairstylist than what he has. I don't like, and I don't know if he's, it's maybe just like a comb over. I I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, it's, you got to be able to do better. You got to, I'm sorry. Come on, Mark. You see the story that just broke like 26 minutes ago on ESPN? No. The NCAA is investigating the Michigan Wolverines football program amid allegations of sign stealing. The Big Ten conference said on Thursday. Really? Jim Harbaugh, you know, Jim Harbaugh is from the Belichick. School. He's got a lot of Belichick in him. He does. He gets suspended. He, 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 he was suspended the first three games of the year. Yes. yes. For and now he's talking about steal, sign stealing allegations. Oh, boy, man. I'm telling you. How about that, huh? So it was Yahoo had it initially, Yahoo Sports. Michigan allegedly had people at, attending games of future opponents as well as possible college football playoff opponents to gather information on signs used to call plays on offense and defense. If true, the number two Wolverines uh, would have violated NCAA by whatever bylaw 11.6.1, which states off-campus in-person scouring of future Ooh. opponents is prohibited. Could they, could they possibly, if they prove these allegations right, could they possibly take wins from Michigan? I think anything's possible. Is they're face? They're still facing four level two violations, which are considered less serious from those previous violations. Oh my god! I don't know, man. He is he is shady. I, I think as much as John is is a very upright guy. Yes, who, who coaches the Ravens. I, yes. I think Jim is Jim. Like I said, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of shady Belichick in him, for sure. No, I'm not going to argue that he's not a good coach. I mean, look, you know, yeah. he, he did no, well he's had success he, everywhere. Yeah, the 49ers and, and the college ranks, but still, dude, some of the stuff that that's attached to your name with this program. If I'm the board of chancellors and, and, and the uh, athletic directors, we got to have a meeting behind yeah. closed doors. Yeah, we got to have talk. a chat. Let's have a chat, Jim. What's happening yeah. here? Look, man, we're paying you a lot of money, but we got a chat here, man. We have a certain image to uphold here, dude. We don't need you dragging our program down in the gutter like this. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. They're playing Michigan State this week, so it's a big rivalry game. But Michigan State's been thrown upside down after all everything went down oh, with their geez. previous coach. So, oh. who knows? Um, all right. You want to do some birthdays? Well, why not? All right. Let's do some birthdays. Uh, we will start. Uh, John Favreau, who is a, a really good dual actor, director, producer. Yeah. Uh, you know, wears a lot of hats. He can do a lot of different things. Iron Man, he 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 has directed. I I believe all of them. I think or I I'm think not sure of all of them, but I know he's done the the Jungle Book, the Lion King. You know, his acting debut was in Rudy. Yeah, that's right. He played the guy who tutored Rudy. Yes, it is. Yeah, he was young. He was young. Um, uh, actress Rebecca Ferguson is forty. She's in the Mission Impossible movies with Tom yeah. Cruise, the latest latest renditions. John Lithgow, who's an excellent actor, uh, turns 78 today. Always good at everything he's in. Evander, the real deal, Holyfield, is 61 today. Nice. Yeah. Always a big fan. I, I Going back to, I think it was 88, he was in the Olympics. Uh, yeah. I, I, always a big Evander Holyfield fan. I always thought he had guts. He didn't mind moving up weight classes. He was not intimidated by Tyson like everybody else was. Yeah. You know? Hey, look, Evander was fearless. 
even without half an ear, he's still one of my favorites. I knew, I knew you're gonna. Hey, Tyson was a little hungry. I mean, what are you gonna do? You needed a snack there. Come Tyson, on. Tyson was Hannibal Lecter in that fight. Oh man, I'm telling you, fava beans. Uh, all right, Michael Gambon, uh, actor is 83. He's in a lot of the Harry Potter uh stuff. Uh, he so he turns 83. Uh, Trey Parker. Yeah. Um, from South Park, uh, the creator there, one of the creators, is 54 years old today. Robert Reed, who played Mr. Brady on the Brady Bunch, was born on this day, 1932. Ty Pennington, who does a lot of those remodel kind of shows and, and, and stuff like that, is 59 years old today. Floyd Mayweather Sr., so Junior's yeah. dad, is 71 today, trainer uh, for a very long time. Chris Catan, who was in Saturday Night Live, is 53 today. Joe Bryant, Joe Jellybean Bryant, who's Kobe's dad, uh, is 69 today. Philly's Philly zone. He with the you know I covered him when he played with the San Diego Clippers. Is that right? Yeah. Covered wow. Jellybean when he was out there in the San Diego. I was working for NBC when he was with the San Diego Clippers. Yeah. Man, that's that, yeah, going back a little ways, but he played at LaSalle and of course played for the Sixers too. Lawanda Page, Derek, you know the name? Absolutely. We'll never forget that name. That will never, on Esther. On we'll Esther. <laughs> her, what you talking about, sucker? Her battles, man, with, with Fred were, were oh stuff of legends. Those two just went at each other, man. Uh, Katya Herbers uh, is 43, actress. Uh, Jennifer Holliday, uh, singer, actress, is 63 years old today. Uh, Ken Stott. A British actor is 68 today. He was also in Harry Potter movies. Uh, Brad Darty, who should have been a yep. sixer, uh, is uh, is 58 as well. That's all the um, birthdays I had. What else do you have? Well, you have Peter Tosh, uh, who was part of Bob Marley and, Marley and the Whalers, uh, born on this day in 1944. He's one of the uh, uh, musicians for that group. Yep. Omar Gooding. Omar Gooding is 47 today. Cuba's brother. Uh, what, yeah, Juanita, Juanita Moore, who played uh, in the original Gone with the Wind, was born on this day in 1914. Meldrick Taylor, who's from Philly, good yeah, boxer Philly in this day. Yeah, um, good career. 57. And J.A. Happ. I can't believe he's 41 already. Oh, wow. Did not know yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, Philly's drafted him, you know. Yeah. Had a good career. He he, he had a good, nice career in the major leagues. Yeah. I believe he's 41. I thought he was still playing. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. It and does go fast. Uh, and actress uh, Jillian Jacobs, it's 41 today. Okay. And uh, golfer, as Purdy points out, uh, Louis uh, Uthaven uh, is 41 today. So happy birthday mm, okay. to Louis. Uh, all right. So movies. Mulholland Drive, 2001. Yeah. Uh, 1994 Clerks. 2012 Alex Cross. Uh, that was 19, a good movie. That was a good movie. Uh, 1977 Looking for Mr. Goodbar. Uh, 2001, riding in cars with boys with Drew Barrymore. Any any other uh, movies stand out to you? Another one of the Halloween movies came out in 2018. 30 Days of Night is a good movie. If you like okay. just suspense drama, it's a good movie. Came out in 2007. Uh, one movie I'll never watch: Paranormal Activity Four. <laughs> I believe they're up to had four or five of those. Came four. out. They're up to four. Oh, oh yeah, uh, The Good Nurse came out in 2022. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So a couple things. Let's let's start with this. What is your gut telling you about the Phillies tonight? Um, I think to Tim Kelly uh, earlier. Yeah. I think you know it's gonna be like a, a, a heavyweight fight. Uh the Phillies are gonna take Arizona's best punch early. 
Um, and then once the game settles in, talent takes over. The okay. Phillies' bullpen is way too deep for Arizona. The Phillies' batting arsenal is way too deep for uh, Arizona pitching squad that is not deep at all. And I think, you know, even if Arizona gets a lead, there's no way they're going to hold the Phillies down. I think Phillies go up three zip. Okay. Uh, I feel the same way. So I want to just not to harp on this too much. But um, so as of Thursday, StubHub has entry tickets, meaning get in the door type tickets. Yeah. Yeah. 17 bucks at Chase Field. Oh, come on, man. 17 dollars to watch an NLCS game for a team, you know, that, that's been a really fun surprise team this year in the Arizona Diamondbacks. Dude, so that, that me, tells you a lot. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Most ballparks, you can't get a jumbo hot dog, nachos, and a drink for 17 bucks. Not even close. You couldn't get one of those, I don't think, for 17 bucks. Yeah. And you um, tell me you get a, a good seat for 17 But Hey, it, hey, if, if what we're hearing is true about Phillies fans buying up tickets to keep the seats empty, yeah. for 17 bucks you're going to have a great seat. No obstruction, that's for sure. You're right about that. Tick Pick, which is a secondary uh, ticketing agency, $15. So, yeah. Yep. What? Uh, yep. That, that's kind of where we're at here. Uh, by comparison, a single standing room ticket – for game two of the NLCS at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia went for more than four hundred and fifty dollars. Huh? Fifteen versus four fifty. Yes, sir. Dang. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Economy's bad in Arizona, man. I guess. <laughs> or they just don't care that much, Derek. I, no, one or the good. other, man. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I I let me get back to the game. I agree with you. I think Rangers gonna come out and pitch well. I think this kid maybe early, it might take one time through the batting order for the Phillies to get a feel for them because they're not that familiar with them. Um, so I don't know that we're going to see the Phillies, you know, necessarily explode right away. Um, but I think by the second time around, these guys will measure him up a little bit more and then you're going to start seeing it. So I'm thinking like, you know, second or third inning is where the Phillies start hitting. That's where yes. I think it starts hitting. This kid doesn't last super long and they don't have a real deep uh, bullpen anyway. So uh, I think ultimately the Phillies win. I like, I actually like fishing uh maniacs uh, score there. Uh, seven That's to four, New four. Jersey fishing yep. maniac. I That's like that. Realistic yeah. score. Hey, yeah. uh, Diamondbacks are shaking up their lineup today. They're, they're putting Marte in the leadoff spot. Oh. Orban Carroll second, Moreno third, Christian Walker four, Fam fifth, Guriel mm-hmm. sixth, and Evelyn Goria and Rivera. And can't see who's batting nice there. You know what? I don't blame them. I, I, I think they, they should shake things up. I thought they, they were too conservative in both of those games in terms of steal yeah. attempts and all that. I, I, you got nothing to lose if you're them, honestly, like push, push the, push the limit there, you know, get after it. Um, all right. So that'll do it for us. That, that, that time flies and you're having fun, Derek. So um, hey man, you know what? anytime with you is a great day. My I brother. feel the same, my friend. I feel the same. Uh, we're back at it tomorrow, and we'll we'll get you. We'll, we'll obviously we'll recap what went down uh, today with the Phillies. Look ahead to Game Four. We'll also dig deeper into this Miami matchup too uh, between the Eagles and the Dolphins. All right, Tone to Shields, Tone, always great job, my friend, producing the program. Thank you. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Uh, appreciate you guys and everybody streaming, everybody listening. All right, hang on. Uh, coming up next, it'll be the National Football Show with Dan Cilio, and like I mentioned, Derek and I are back at it tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. So, hey, good football, good good sports night tonight. So yeah, it is. And the thing in, is yes. one does not interfere with the other. Yes.
Yes, 5 o'clock Phillies, 8 o'clock NFL. So have at it, everybody. Have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.